rap Freeway, we run this rap Oh, it's Spark, we running this rap Chris and me, we running this rap Take over, the break's over God MC, me, J-Hover Hey, little soldier, you ain't ready for war ROC too strong for y'all It's like bringing a knife to a gunfight Pin to a test Chest in the line of fire with your thin best Bringing them boys to men Them boys pull in This is grown man B.I. Get you rolled in the tree I Your reach ain't long enough, Dunny Your peeps ain't strong enough Rockefeller is the army Better yet the Navy Kidnap your baby, spit at your lady We bring knife to fist fight Kill your drama We kill you motherfucking ants with a sledgehammer Don't let me do it to your dunny Cause I overdo it So you won't confuse it with just rap music R-O-C, we running this rap M-E-Z, we running this rap The Broad Street Bully, we running this rap Get zipped up in plastic when it happens that day Freak, wait, we running this rap Owen oh, Sparks, we running this rap Chris and Nick, we running this rap I don't care if you mob people, I hold triggers to cruise You little f**k, I got money stacks bigger than you When I was pushing weight, back in 88 You was a ballerina, I got the pictures, I seen you Then you dropped shook one, switch your demeanor Well, we don't believe More people, Rockefeller, students of the game We pass the class, cause nobody read you dudes like we do Don't let them gas you like Jigger is and won't clap you Trust me on this one, I'll detach you Mind from spirit, body from soul They have to hold a mask, put your body in a hole No, you're not on my level, get your brakes tweaked I sold what your whole album sold in my first week You guys don't want it with hope Ask nah, she don't want it with hope No! Be shy. Yeah, yeah, is this thing on? Up. Uh, uh. Happy New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Welcome to Beat Shot Radio. Beat Shot Radio Takeover. What's going and on? And I can't hear Masai. He is not plugged in. Check, check, check. Check, check. My bad, my bad. There he is. He did that on purpose. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Am I there? I can't hear him. Oh, turn him up. Turn Masai up. I got turn him. I got him. Turn, turn me up. Turn me up. Oh, there I go. Right, there we go. I'm back. I'm back. Um, yeah, we're back. We took uh, we took two weeks off. Welcome back to. We took Chuck. one week off. Uh, well, we oh took yeah, one I guess week it was off. one week. Yeah, we be, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. We're off to a good start. Um, yes. Welcome to Beach Shot Radio. Hit us up on Twitter at Beach Shot Radio. Uh, it is a new year. Yes. New year, new us. I guess. Um, this is actually our 40th episode, so we're we're proud to celebrate that. So supposed to have Beach the hand claps. Hey, supposed to have the hand claps. I'm all kerfarful today. He's Man, not on it to know what's going hey, on. Hey, hey, hey. In his defense, <laughs> we have a new software application that we are using for yes. our radio show this week. Yeah, yeah so true. if things that's sound true. a little bit awry, that's why. Absolutely. And yeah, let us know. And you know, rappers always like to rap their ish, so I said awry, and that's why on purpose. Ah. Um, and if you listen to our other episodes, we, we did 39 episodes on the old software, and we still didn't master that. We were having technical difficulties <laughs> <laughs> until last week. So, so this is our first week on new software so things things may go downhill just hit us up on twitter uh let us know uh what you're hearing how it's going uh i'm Masai. who else we got with us today jb aka dirty moses dj nate the great i'm gonna introduce myself with a song please and thank you they're called the magic words please and thank you they're the words that should be heard please and thank you second verse they're called the magic words use them in the morning and noon and night it's a great way to be polite my name is true master (laughs) 
What I wanted the hell to just happen here, ladies. I wanted to sing because we have somebody really cool here, and you. that was a segue. <laughs> Who are you? My name's Alicia Ortiz. I am a musician and a community organizer. I also excel in the areas of facilitating workshops around healthy sexual relationships and healthy relationships in general. Mm. I used to live in Albany, and I recently moved to Boston a couple of years ago. So I'm happy to be back. I'm glad that these guys invited me to be here. Nice. Did you pick Thank up any you. Boston? language stuff since you've been there like the, like their vernacular like khakis and yeah, yeah. Worcester. Hackies, yeah all that stuff. Did you Worcester that and Dorchester are spelled very similarly though pronounced entirely differently really no. yeah. yeah you would think yeah. it's Durster Durster like Worcester and Durster Worcester well, it's not just Worcester yeah. I go that's I just go not how it happens Wales and Gloucester 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 <laughs> yeah yeah are you glad to be back? I am. I miss you guys in Albany. I really do. Are you just saying that? No. She's saying that because she's here <laughs> on the radio with us. That's all it is. Yo, not for nothing. Between, I don't know. You, you and Amani are the official party starters when I DJ. I'm so Word. happy to hear that. You uh, seriously? If you two are there, I know that everybody's going to dance because you will grab people out of wheelchairs. <laughs> like you guys are so official, and I, can dance. I miss that. I miss that. You know? I miss you too. Anybody who ever reaches out to me if they're visiting Albany and they're like, "What do you know about that's going on in Albany that's fun?" I say, "Well, you should follow DJ True Masters Facebook and basically go to anything he hosts. That's Yo, what I tell people." Thanks. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's good it. advice. That's good okay. advice. Yeah. Do, uh, yeah. Speaking of which, do you have a do you have a show coming up? Uh, probably. Probably. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'm sure there's something happening. All right, so uh, Alicia, you're first off. Do you have a uh, a Twitter? Because I was trying to like find some. Uh, I I follow you on Facebook. I love it. It's you're one of my favorite people to follow on social media well, on thank Facebook. You. Um, but I was looking for your Twitter uh, and I couldn't find one. But I found an Instagram that seemed a little defunct. I sent you a friend request I never got. Which, like, <laughs> three, like three days ago. <laughs> So I'm assuming you're not really active on other social media. I'm not. I'm not. I have to say, I I enjoy social media, but I really try to take like mental breaks from it often. So I'm not super active on Twitter or Instagram. Um, I probably will be in the upcoming months, but at this moment, no. Is this is this a tip? Is this a healthy relationship tip? Just cut back on the social media, or sometimes you (laughs) you know, sometimes you have to. It's a tip with you and the rest of the world. Okay, cool. Um, You you mentioned your community organizer um, and act musician but you also do uh, like sex education and healthy relationships and uh, like healthy sexual relationships all that stuff right yeah would, would do you like the word sexpert um, I do like that word but I don't use it for myself because there are lots of sexperts that I look up to that I oh, still okay. get a lot of my uh, my tips and That's information great. from and up to date information but I do like that word a lot okay I, I contemplated using it when I did your bio but I, I decided to uh, against it but <laughs> you had a lot of stuff to, to fit in there a lot of things that you do um, I just I was curious since you're like a relationship I think I use the word guru but since you uh, teach people about healthy relationships uh, do you think that's like a lot of pressure for your own relationships when people come into it and they're like oh wow like you're a you know you are a healthy relationship person now are they more like on guard about it or do they, do they feel like you have an advantage ah, gym teacher smoke no <laughs> no I find I find that people well the folks that I prefer to date tend to also care a lot about having healthy relationships so generally it's like hey we both care about 
uh, open communication and tend to, to care a lot, have a lot of the same values around that kind of openness, honesty, vulnerability, and hopefully share a lot of the same dynamics in that area. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so it's not like if you're you know, if you can't cook and you're dating a chef and then one it's lopsided. It's not like that. You go into it with the same kind of. <laughs> no, that actually ends up being pretty exhausting. It, it can be exhausting if somebody doesn't know how to do that kind of communicating and you're mm-hmm. trying to do the teaching and the communicating and all of it. I, I definitely right. advise people to hang out with people who are also working to grow and working to expand their communication styles and um, respect your communication styles. Cool. Uh, what, what age group uh, people do you teach? Um, all ages. All ages. Uh, over 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recently facilitated two workshops at a conference called Sex Down South in Atlanta and there were attendees of all ages, all sexual orientations A couple of people said uh, they can't hear us and uh, we have an issues Ah, what are they listening on? Tell, uh, we're all like, <laughs> we're all interrupting Alicia's. Uh, That's okay. Sorry, Alicia. No, it's great, important. Great information for uh, for. Um, just ask. Tell them to tweet out what they're listening on, and and if if it's uh, tune in, tune in is not up, so it's going to have to be through the website for this week. Oh, through the website, and then yeah. possibly refresh. But we we were just possibly listening, refresh right? the website. Yeah, we were listening. We, we were listening to it through the website, so it is working. Okay, cool. Um, and we're recording for the podcast. But, oh, the but there might be a problem on Android phones with the. Particular version, I did with notice the, that with the website. Yeah, I did notice that they might have to check the podcast if they got a particular version of Android. Nah, that's a. I feel like that's an iPhone Apple rumor. You trust? Just no, <laughs> trust. I beat my Team head. Android. Against, I beat my head against he that for days. An Apple phone. <laughs> it definitely. don't work on my phone. All right, that's how I know. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, yeah. Let's tweet that out. Make sure they're using the um, beachradio.com and not the uh, the uh, TuneIn radio app or anything. Yeah, we'll get TuneIn going. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Reset tune in yeah. this coming week and next week okay. we should have tune in going assuming they accept cool. everything. I don't know why people like that app. Like we've been sprucing up the website, the mobile site looks good. We got all the links and stuff on yeah. there. I don't know. Old, tune, old tune habits die hard. Shit though, man. I don't know. Tune I like tune in. That's where it's at. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, cool. Enough with the technical details. <laughs> uh, so uh, Alicia, because you you're an expert in all these things, we were like we should talk about some other topics that maybe we aren't always like comfortable broaching because uh, we aren't necessarily as like qualified to, to speak about them. But instead of doing that. Let's just talk about the weather. Can we just talk about how cold it is outside right now? Oh, how it's finally winter? It's, it's finally like winter. It's supposed to be winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's more important. It's really cold. And um, <laughs> and last <laughs> week, it was like 65 degrees. Or the week, well, Christmas week, it was 60-something degrees. People mm-hmm. were playing basketball. Yep. Over, and now it's, it's like... 10. Yeah, le- legit. It was it was 7 degrees this morning eight, when yeah, I drove to work. Yeah, 8 degrees. Yeah. My, uh, my windshield washer fluid froze. I didn't even know that could happen. And, uh, and then it like thawed out in the afternoon because I parked in the sun. But uh, yeah, it's, it's frigid, bitter cold outside. You should put... Uh, Vodka, as it should be. Well, I have you know, tons of vodka in the car, but I didn't know. They, yeah, yeah. Trunk bar, trunk bar should be able to save you every, every time. time. <laughs> they also make this product that you can spray on uh-huh. ice, and it thaws it instantly, and you can pour it and you mix it with your windshield wiper fluid. I forgot. Oh, it's not. I thought oh, you were about to say you can mix it with your vodka. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> <Get> you <laughs> in yes. a sense. In a sense. <laughs> who's, who's on de-icer right now? That's <laughs> <laughs> how so, so we're pre-gaming next time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's actually. Uh, it's a code blue in Albany, uh, which is like uh, an emergency code that they have for uh, people in the area who may not have shelter, or homeless mm-hmm. people. Um, so that to make sure that we have extra resources to try and get them get people indoors, 
uh, or at least get them food and blankets and um, uh, and transportation if they, if they need it. Uh, Kiki, who works at my Kiki, who works at the Homeless Action Committee, uh, she's th- things have kind of stepped up there since the temperature dropped because it was kind of smooth sailing in the last couple weeks because it was warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they have like extended hours and they're like going out really looking for people to try and uh, bring them indoors to the homeless shelters. Um, but there was a little controversy that started Sunday. I don't know if you guys heard about this with Governor Cuomo, yeah. Yeah, where he yeah. kind of uh, he he issued an executive order uh, giving certain officials authority to physically remove homeless people from the street that uh, refuse to go indoor. Uh, and we have two or three um, individuals. Kiki knows them by name in Albany that never go inside. They will. Mm-hmm. They refuse. They absolutely refuse to go in a shelter. Various reasons and traumas, and they just don't aren't comfortable with it. And um, the, the homeless action committee kind of keeps them alive every winter just by like coming by with warm blankets and giving them warm stuff to drink and food to eat and uh, I, I guess one guy hangs out on an event on a vent that's got like warm warm air so he's kind of in better shape and this other woman stays on a bench and she just refuses to leave so they just got to keep blankets on her and keep talking to her sometimes try and keep her awake till the sun comes up um, but it's on her terms you know they can't just bag her up and throw her you know throw her in a shelter um, until until now, essentially, uh, because of because of this executive order, and obviously, there's a lot of uh, people who are saying, you know, it, it's kind of a I don't know. You're, you're deciding between someone's autonomy to just say this is where I want to stay, and then kind of almost criminalizing them because you're uh, physically removing them, putting right. putting them in a shelter. So I don't know. Did you guys have any thoughts on that? It's like people could potentially die. People do die every year, homeless people, yeah. um, because of the, because of the weather, and uh, I, and the governor's approach was kind of just to put out this mandate to yank people off the street. Yeah, I'm 100% against this mandate, honestly. I, I feel like um, autonomy and power power over yourself is an extremely important thing, and it's taken away from us in, in a lot of different ways in the society, and um, you know, whether you're talking about forcing kids to take medication to stay in school, or this, that, or the other thing. Um, so, I... I, I it really bothers me that, that the governor would, would declare something like that. If, if you want to talk about a free country, that's that's not freedom, you know. My thoughts on this. Um, it's interesting because there shouldn't... What I've read is that there is there shouldn't be an authority to physically, forcefully remove somebody unless they... Well, there there's a comparison being drawn between putting someone in a hospital for mental issues as well if they're deemed right. to, to be a risk to themselves or others however there's a conflation between choosing to stay in the cold mm-hmm. versus being mentally ill right. by wanting to stay in the cold um, and what's also interesting is that the mayor of New York City has pushed back and said yep. hey like a lot of this isn't that different from what we do anyway we already try to get people yeah. in shelters mm. and a lot of our shelters aren't adequate anyhow and I read that the governor came back and said, well, if, if everybody's doing what we're supposed to be doing, then how do you explain that homelessness is at such a record high? Mm-hmm. What, what are the problems? And frankly, <laughs> this, is all, this is all really a ridiculous conversation to have to begin with because everybody should have housing yeah. to begin with. Mm, snap, so snap. why are folks in shelters? Why are we working on fixing shelters? Why aren't we working on getting housing, adequate housing? And I also read that there is a program called Clustered Homes mm-hmm. or something to that effect that's being shut down. It had run for 15 years and now it's being shut down in the city because a lot of landlords 
were found to be pushing families out mm. in so that they could take on the government's pay for for rent. Oh, and right, right. but I feel there's there could always be options for initiatives to build new housing, to build new facilities for folks to live in full time if they want to and for folks who don't want to go into shelters like you said Masai there's traumas there's history there there's there's the opportunity for people to assert themselves and say no I don't want to this is actually how I want to live mm-hmm. but at least there's a viable option yeah mm-hmm. yeah no I, I totally agree with you um, I see why people would on the surface say this is a good idea but I think it's kind of just uh, we have a tendency in this country to kind of focus on the symptom and not the disease and it's like people are homeless year round just because it happens to be unseasonable cold or, or seasonably cold in, in this case uh, we can't suddenly say oh now we need to take this extreme action and make sure people are inside it's like we could address a lot of these issues on the uh, st- you know on the starting end of this uh, address homelessness and, and income inequality and all the things that lead people to even be homeless in, in the first place but instead it's like well let's wait till it's the absolute worst case life or death scenario and then just drag people off the street you know it's like that's that's not really how you how you solve uh, yeah, homelessness right. it's too late they yeah. do that with I mean they do, they, yeah they do it with drugs they do yeah. everything it's like, everything, well, everything. And, you know, throw them in jail. And not, and yeah, not only that. Like, what happens when the police now Shoot are, are confronting a homeless? Exactly. Right. Uh, you know, if Bingo. the police yep. confront a homeless man who's who's doesn't want to go, you know. Becomes defensive. He's, now, he's now resisting. It, he's right, belligerent. Right. It yeah. escalates, and now he's tased. Yep. Like right. Dante Ivy for your own good. You tased know, for your own and good. he's probably already got health problems. Yep. You know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, this people could actually die yep. from forcing them to go inside. go inside. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's really it, all it comes down to is leveling the playing field early. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. You know, even distribution of resources. Period. Right. Oh, but they don't want to hear that. Come on, ah, man. That's Cuomo ain't giving up that's his communist. mansion in Long Island or whatever, wherever the hell he's at. I mean, frankly, know? it's it raises the question too because once somebody is forcefully put into a shelter, they have the autonomy to leave mm-hmm. once they're there. So, really, what's the point of bringing them to there? Just to simply say, mm-hmm. hey, just so you know, this resource is here. We made you come here. Anybody who's on the street knows what resources are there, and right. often are choosing not to access them or have tried to access them and couldn't uh, for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. So there's well, a lot of holes here. It sounds like on a really cold night like this, they wouldn't have the option to leave. Is is that the case? Or like what what happened? Okay. Okay. Here's a question. Yeah. And let me know if anybody has the answer or maybe somebody on Twitter has the answer. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kiki has the answer. What happens if someone walks into a shelter on a night, you know, blustery cold night. Mm-hmm. It's one of the nights where they're forced, they're supposed to be forcefully put in the shelter and they decide, oh, I really don't like it here or maybe someone's bothering them or maybe they're having a hard time or whatever and they decide they want to leave. Mm-hmm. What's the policy? Are they now trapped? Can they not leave? No, that's a good question because once they're out on the street again, they're now in the same situation that got them in there so uh, someone else could just say, oh, now you're homeless on the street. It's 20 degrees. I'm dragging you back inside or, right. or they can stop. I don't know. There's a, there are a lot of holes in this. And uh, Cuomo said in his in his little speech about it that it was about um, compassion, not uh, oh, not so trying to force people yeah, to do he's things. He's selling it. Compassion selling it. needs to exist yeah. all year yeah, round. Yeah, not just when yeah. it's cold as hell outside. Yeah. yeah, compassion would mean that they they have some kind of 
good situation for themselves yeah. all all the time. Can I just read a, a one sentence from the uh, the actual uh, directive that it was an executive order that he issued, and he said uh, uh, a certain uh, directed officials can take all the necessary steps to identify individuals reasonably believed to be homeless and unwilling or unable to find the shelter necessary for safety and health in inclement winter weather and move such individuals to the appropriate sheltered facilities. So that's kind of like the, the, the meat of the uh, the actual order that right. was out there. So it pretty much says in no uncertain terms that cops can yank up people on the streets if they if they want to. And this kind of opens up uh, an opportunity, like you said, Nate, for uh, more like uh, escalated situations where it's mm. like somebody doesn't want to move and now you're kind of uh, provoking them and next thing you know, yeah, you got to subdue them and tase them and now they're right. incarcerated. So I don't know. All around, it seems like a bad idea. There are so many better ways we can address homelessness that aren't just last ditch efforts when it's like life or death people right. um, dying out there. Um, why can't we like build a homeless, all why can't we like build a tent? Like, why can't Just there be, like, tents, like, around like the city door. with, like, yeah, with, like, little, tent. yeah, yeah, like, little heated kind of situations, mm-hmm. nothing fancy, but why can't we, why can't they set up stations like that, you know, yeah. for people that maybe, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that's a balance that people might feel more comfortable. I don't know. So I'm the, just yeah, throwing there's ideas like issues out, like people you know? don't, people don't want homeless people congregating in their, in their areas, and there, there are various parts around the city that's where... Pr- that's pretty compassionate. Yeah, right? That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you are in Albany and you know of somebody who may need help, uh, you can contact the Homeless Action Committee. Uh, their number is 426. 60554. Uh, they have extended hours for the next uh, for the duration of this code blue thing, uh, and that was actually a direct response to uh, the executive order. But they normally have extended hours anyway. But because the executive order is for anything below freezing, uh, not below I think it was normally like ten degrees, uh, they just have extended hours. So this whole week they're going to be uh, the vans going to be running around till midnight, and they also have uh, the shelters and everything. Uh, so you can give them a call. It's uh, homelessactioncommittee.org and four two six zero five five four. Yeah. So that's the weather. Uh, <laughs> uh, another story that people actually wanted us to, to touch on this week because it's a little convoluted, um, and then we're going to just talk about sex. I promise. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in Oregon, in, in Oregon, uh, sex oh, in yeah. Oregon. No, sex I know. <laughs> Nobody has sex in Oregon. Sex period. <laughs> New paragraph in Oregon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, uh, so in Oregon there was uh, an incident. Where, let's see, how do, how do we want to do this? Can I give a, like a little recap of the incident? Yeah, please. yeah, go ahead. Please. I think I need it. Please do. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of confusing. Like I was trying to like uh, wrap my head around it, and, and it's pretty intense. But uh, essentially, Saturday night, uh, a group of armed white men in Oregon took over a uh, sanctuary. It's a government, uh, a government uh, wildlife sanctuary. Uh, about 150 of them. They broke into the headquarters, and um, and they just kind of took it over. They they laid siege. They like broke in, they, like they breaking and entering. Broken, literally broke in. That was that, that's the word used in in a, in a few articles that I read. Because uh, it, it was after hours, and I guess nobody was okay. nobody was there. Sounds like a break in. That's a break in. Um, and uh, they were they were trying to raise awareness basically it was, it was a protest it was a form of civil disobedience and uh, they had two issues that two demands that they that they wanted met uh, the first was that the federal government relinquish control of the wildlife refuge uh, a lot of the land in that area um, and also that two of their uh, acquaintances uh, be given less harsh prison sentences this is a father and son duo of ranchers who were uh, sentenced to uh, five years in prison now they were these guys were sentenced to this 
this is like the main the main demand that they have. There's these two dudes. They started a really big fire on this wildlife reserve. the The reason they started the fire was because they went on some deer slaughtering kick and they just killed several uh, deer. They like you're only allowed to kill a certain amount of deer on this right. on this refuge, right. and they just went apeshit one day with a bunch of people and just slaughtered several yeah. deer. I think that's how it is in New York too. I think you get a, you get a hunting license yeah, for deer, and you, and you have like a quota. You can kill like one deer a year or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Well, yeah. they they had a limit there, and they went over it. They just went, kind of went you know went out and hunting and just like slaughtered several uh, several deer over the limit. And to get rid of the evidence, they started a forest fire. Oh my god! So they uh, apparently, and there were several witnesses there who were saying they were handing out matches and they were just lighting those uh, strike on anything matches and just throwing them down just to start a fire and like burn away the evidence. So basically, burn away deer corpses. Um, they inadvertently started like a huge wild you know wildfire. Uh, so they were charged with arson. They said in their defense that they weren't trying to burn away the deer carcasses. They were they were trying to uh, burn down fully. clear away brush. Yeah, clear away brush so that there <laughs> wouldn't be a fire. Fire, right? <laughs> so yeah, fight so, fire with fire. Um, so uh, so th- essentially, they, they started a huge fire and they killed several deer. They got five years in prison. The uh, first appellate judge said that the sentence was kind of harsh, so they gave him two years. They served the two years, but then uh, another judge, after they served the two years, said, eh, "Actually, the minimum is five. Y'all got to do three more." Mm. And this is when shit hit the fan because these. These, these uh, militiamen who took over uh, the other building were saying, no, they already did their time. Um, you can't just give them the the, min- the full minimum sentence now. Um, so, uh, like, on the surface, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of on the side of these guys. I don't want people in jail, even right. though these guys are assholes. But they, it's like free, you know, free my, free my bros. It's like, like that type of thing. Right. They think that people don't belong in jail. They're doing a protest, and they think that the uh, the land should belong to the people. Of course, not the indigenous people, just the white people that are there now. <laughs> and, uh, right. and, and those are their two demands, so they t- they took over this uh, they took over this building. Um, but to be clear, these guys these guys are assholes. Like the 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 main uh, spokesperson is the son of Cliven Bundy, uh, who you probably remember from last year. His name's Eamon Bundy, but his father is Cliven Bundy, and he was the guy who kind of uh, went toe to toe with the federal government right, last year because they tried to take over his uh, his land uh, apparently because he was grazing cattle and not refusing to pay right. uh, the the fees. Um, and Cliven Bundy had this huge like racist tirade. He went right. on saying how. Black people were better off being slaves and all that shit. Um, the other, one of the other spokesmen that's with them is John uh, Ritzheimer, and he's a former Marine. And when this guy is not uh, taking over federal buildings, he's throwing anti-Islamic uh, oh, yeah. protests. So he, he last year he organized a protest in front of the Phoenix, Phoenix Islamic Community Center, uh, where he had a T-shirt on that said "Fuck Islam," and they were just kind of uh, intimidating Muslim people in the community. So, so, so I think it's important to note that these guys are horrible people. That being said, there's kind of been uh, a divide as to why, uh, whether or not the government should treat them as terrorists because they're used because they're armed and they've threatened to defend themselves in the event that police go in there and uh, you know and, and or whoever the authorities go in there and try to remove them with force that they're going to uh, defend themselves. So that's kind of like just the surface level, like what's going on. Uh, they've taken over the building, and um, the, some people are saying that because they are essentially using their taking over government uh, property to protest that they're they're more activists than terrorists they haven't like hurt anybody they're just kind of using a tactic that's tried and true and honestly I spend a lot of weekends 
occupying government buildings. Like this is kind of what we do mm-hmm. um, to raise awareness, and they've raised a shit ton of awareness. So on that level, uh, it's worked. Uh, and then other people are saying there's like a huge double standard because they're not being treated like or regarded as terrorists by the media and the police, and no authorities have rushed in because they don't want any violence to to uh, to erupt. Whereas if they were Islamic or black, I think most people would assume that would have been the whole shit would have been over by now. Masai, could you imagine? Well, the, could oh, you I can't imagine even imagine. If we, if we ran up, we would be dead right now. We unarmed, yeah. unarmed, attack. unarmed. Yeah, even if we didn't have guns, right? Yeah, yeah. guns or no guns, we, they wouldn't. If they had, if they were Muslims, this shit would have been over. If we had stuffed animals that were or, uh. orcas, uh-huh. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all had stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the issue. I think this is something that I, comes up a lot when we talk about police brutality. It's like white people seem to think that we want the authorities to treat white people worse so that it's we're even. But it's not that. It's just that we're like, look how y'all get treated by the police. That's what we want. Like, however shitty the police treat you, that's what we want. You know, like you, you, you they're not going in there killing you right now, and that's a privilege because you guys are they, they have money. They're white dudes, you know. And if they were of a different pigment, they would be slaughtered probably. I mean, I I don't think that's a strong to say that you know um, no, so, it's not a stretch I don't, I don't think so either I agree so uh, any uh, thoughts on that like the whole terrorist thing I don't I don't know how I feel about I don't like the label terrorist anyway but I also don't think just because you're labeled a terrorist legally um, that you're necessarily always the bad guy which is kind of weird to say but like like Nat Turner he's he would have been a terrorist like in I his know day, what you mean but he's not necessarily the bad guy in that situation mm-hmm. history right. will will uh, deal with that um, and these guys may be in the right even though they're using tactics tactics that are threats of violence and breaking and entering all stuff you know criminal acts to prove a political point which essentially makes them terrorists uh, you know on a, a yeah i think um i think and look i'm not a complete expert i know a little bit about <laughs> what terrorism means okay uh-huh. um i think that ultimately the ultimately the goal of terrorists is to you know ch- make make change make societal change through fear right so and that's why they blow people up unexpectedly, because it's the unexpected nature of getting killed that creates the fear. Nate's right? an expert. <laughs> I'm somewhat of an expert. If you didn't know. If you didn't know. Um, so in this case, there were no deaths. Um, yes, they are threat. They are they, they are carrying weapons. Yeah, but, that, I'm, but, I'm afraid. But they're not that's blowing. That's fear. I'm scared. Yeah, I guess it is a fear tactic Nate, of some if, nature. If, if 60 know. people were carrying weapons and I walked into a building and they were standing there, I'd sh- piss my pants. Well, that's because we're 60. not used to seeing it in our in in New York. Mm. I mean, if it was Texas and you saw a bunch of dudes carrying, you know, with a sidearm, it might be a different different story. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Maybe okay. not. Okay. I, mean, I, I went to Mexico a few times, and one time I was in uh, Cancun. <laughs> I walked into Cancun. Totally the same thing. <laughs> no, check it. I walked in. I walked into a Walmart. This is my first time going to Mexico. I walked into a Walmart in Cancun, and there were at least 15, 20 people, their military people, standing there with their AK-47s. I was like, what the fuck oh, is like going Mex- on? Oh, like Mexican military? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how it is in Israel, too. And I went to yeah, Israel. Well, Yo, you walk through the mall, and there's, mo- there's you know, military is just chilling there the with government. their- Yeah, I mean, that's the military and government. Yeah. That's right, intimidating. Well, we I train that. station in Paris. Yeah, we saw that. We, we even saw, I even saw that recently um, when I was flying down to Florida. There was like there were just armed, you know, TSA or whoever agents, you know, in the airport. But we're talking about like civilians taking over yeah, a building, and this yeah. is a this is something that's tried and true and has happened throughout history. 
uh, indigenous people did this and, and th- things like this have happened and I think it's a valid form of protest in fact I would kind of like to see more people of color get that serious you know get that type of uh, yeah. organization maybe and do something like that except that you know they'd all get killed yeah so we, we couldn't bear exactly. arms yeah. we couldn't bear arms yeah. they would shoot the shit out of us that's the problem yeah, yeah. the so federal government is uh, cutting power to the building and they plan to freeze them out to start <laughs> Joe Fellow just chimed in and said that so I think what's also important you started off by talking about the way that the media is framing this right. I think within the first couple of days there was a lot of outcry because the media wasn't covering it they whatsoever right. and mm-hmm. in uh, I actually want to give a shout out to one of my best friends Sierra who's listening in Baltimore right now and she chimed in uh, She she's listening right now and she said you know yeah they had they had officers in riot gear sent to Baltimore after one day yes. of riots. So, right. people, so people were breaking into buildings. People, uh, you know, broke windows at a CVS, and that was being looped on the media constantly oh, yeah. <laughs> to show, look at these scary, Heathens. poor black right. people causing and wreaking havoc. Yeah. Look at these thugs. Look at these people destroying their own communities. And in that, in that chaos, what became... Uh, a motto of activists who were who were championing the, the the causes of these people who were rising up you know property shouldn't be more important than people mm-hmm. why is breaking a CVS windows so much more important than these people who are dying but yet mm-hmm. now here we are again with white people who are armed who are also breaking buildings and it's not on the news whatsoever yeah. and when it finally does make the news you have this anchor on Fox News saying well you know these people aren't thugs because they're going up against a government gone wild mm-hmm. that's what she, those were her words right. that's what she said you know well if a government has gone wild okay well well, if police are uh, being instructed to patrol communities of color, that's an extension of the government. Is that not also an aspect of government gone wild? Of course it is. And if everybody and everything you're saying, Messiah, is completely valid in the ways that perhaps these folks, what they're protesting, maybe there's some validity here, yeah. you know. But why? Why will the media stretch? to try to rationalize the behavior of these folks but not give anybody who was riding in Baltimore mm-hmm. um, time of day to speak on the news and say this is what our issue is this is what we're coming up against yeah. and nobody in the media was saying hey listen guys these folks who are rioting, they have a right to speak. They are in the right because the government has gone wild. The government has done their wrong. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see the people in Baltimore treated the way they're they're treating the people in Oregon. I don't want to see the people in Oregon being treated the way they treated the people in Baltimore. No, right. yeah. And that's where I think right. people are kind of like missing right. it. Like when we're when we're criticizing what's what's happening in Oregon, it's not to say, yeah, you you guys should just go in there and just like you know shoot a few of them, arrest a few of them, uh, like everything that happened to right. you know beat the shit out of a few of them. What, what happened in Baltimore? Tear gas in Ferguson. All stuff we're not saying that they should do that to them we're saying how you're treating that situation is how you need to treat every community you right. know and that that type of restraint that they're showing it, it demonstrates it's kind of like a slap in the face because it, it, it shows that they can do it and the fact that they can't op, op, uh, apprehend one uh, person who's resisting without killing them like Dante or Freddie Gray or whatever and then they can have a whole room full of people and that they're all armed and all essentially resisting refusing to leave and they'll just kind of give them a wide berth so that they 
they can do what they need to do and vent and then treat them, you know, kitty, yeah. kitty gloves in the media. I mean, so it's just, just withhold their snacks. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> crazy, it's a crazy double standard. I almost wish a group of like black activists would just do the exact same thing right now. Is there a bird sanctuary anywhere around here? Like, I don't know. There is a bird sanctuary. Because that, that would at least show here. such an exact parallel <laughs> that there is, right? <laughs> That's what we need to do. Just like eight people will just take over a bird sanctuary. Maybe KFC. I don't even know. It doesn't have to be an actual sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> See how they treat <laughs> I don't want to take over KFC. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, they, they would we'll be we, they, we never lived that down. <laughs> we never lived that down. <laughs> Yo, oh, I think the just the long, long term propaganda that has been perpetuated by the media for decades and decades and decades that demonizes black and brown people and holds in high regard white men with guns. So white men with guns have valid arguments, they have power, they have voices, and black and brown people, especially if they're poor, are scary. And that's on that's on purpose that that propaganda has been pushed into every orifice of our psyche in this country and it's and it's politicians are not exempt from that. Media folks are not exempt from that. You know, if police officers are not exempt from that, folks need to examine punch, our own our own biases. clincher in the elevator is not exempt yeah. from that. Yeah. Well, we all need to examine our own biases and that's what is missing from a lot of people who push hard against what Black Lives Matter stands for, for example, mm-hmm. because they're saying, well, I'm there's nothing wrong. I refuse to apologize for being white. I refuse to ap- apologize for being pro guns. Nobody asked you for an apology. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked. All like you said, all folks are asking for is to be treated with dignity and respect like these folks are. Right. Right. Well, one of the things I also want to mention is that the the, the Baltimore, the Ferguson, the, even when we went to Mizzou, a fraction of what actually happens is what gets covered. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, they always make <laughs> this small incident, you know, the story. Mm-hmm. And it's always bigger than that. It's always way more peaceful than that. But this little negative aspect becomes the overall gaping story, the mm-hmm. huge, you know, <clears throat> presence. Yeah, so that they can kind of push their agenda. Right. And, and um, this kind of remind, reminds me of the double standard reminded me of the, the Mulford Act that was passed in California, remember, in like the 70s, when um, the NRA actually came yep. out and was saying, uh, we don't want people being able to carry loaded weapons because suddenly the Black Panthers were carrying yep. loaded weapons in yeah. California. And they like, the NRA passed the law. Uh, gun control so that people couldn't walk around with, with clips in their, in their uh, firearms. And it kind of shows like the double standard because when yep. white people were, you know, it was like, that was such a good thing. It's like, oh yeah, free right to bear arms, all that stuff. And it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, we didn't mean everybody. Yeah. Know? And so it kind of shows such a, that, that double standard is so glaring and it still persists to this day. Um, so yeah, so so that's what ha- what's happening in Oregon. We're gonna keep an eye on that because I don't know how their their plan to just like turn the heat off is gonna <laughs> like, yeah. really uh, solve this. And no and snacks, no bathroom. Snacks. Yeah, like, no snacks, no bathroom. Yeah. I think I, I I thought what you just said about the NRA was really poignant because I've read somebody else said something similar about Tamir Rice because I, as far as I know, Ohio is an open carry state. No. So oh, yeah, yeah, Ohio is. Yes. So somebody was like, how come the NRA isn't rushing to the defense? of Tamir Rice for carrying a toy gun in an open carry state where it's legal to hold a gun in the first place. Especially if the officer claims to believe that he was an adult. Yeah, because the NRA is racist. I mean, there's no... Exactly. There's no no ways around that. (laughs) And even even more damning than the Tamir 
Amir Rice case, I think, was uh, what happened to John Crawford also yeah. in Ohio when he was killed in the Walmart. The Walmart sold. He was the gun. walking. Oh my no, god! And that's all on video. He to me, this is like the worst case that that's probably happened in, in recent history. But he picks up the gun. The police come in, tell him to drop it. He drops the gun, starts ducking down, and they just kill him right in Walmart. And it was an open carry state. A gun he picked up off the shelf. It's like there couldn't be any more like perfect circumstance to not get killed, and he was still killed. The NRA didn't say anything about it. Exactly. So yeah, it, it speaks to that you know the double standard. They really don't care about the rights of black people. I mean that that's what it comes down to. These right. these organizations are racist, and so so are the so are the group of militia men or terrorists, whatever you want to call them in Oregon. Uh, and and that you can see that just by the double standard that they put forward. Um, do you guys want to talk about cheese? Yeah, let's talk about cheese. Okay. Um, but before we get into the first block of music, uh, we I figured we'd uh, play this little game. I found this online and uh, I was playing it at work, and it's called cheese or font. Ha. So essentially, I'm just going to right. say the name of a cheese or a font, and you just you guys just have to tell me if it's a cheese or a font. I'm going to be good at this. You think you're going to be good at this? I think so. Oh, are you really good at fonts or cheeses? Fonts. You're good at fonts. I, I kind of wish I kind of wish that my friend Kiki was here, not your Kiki, but my uh-huh. friend Kiki. And yes, we still say that. And um, because is she, is she good at fonts or cheeses? She's good at font. Well, probably both. But she's good at fonts. I was just I was just at the store with her the other day, and we walked outside, and she said, "You know that you're a good graphic designer when you start recognizing random fonts, like oh, on yeah. trucks and stuff." I and I was like, "Really? Yeah. Really?" So I, I I'm probably gonna suck at both. Gambatista Badoni. I'm like Ariel Times New Roman. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. No, I, my I took cheese. typography <laughs> in, uh, yeah, in college. Right, I hope I do good. Jeez. All right, cool. So uh, at Beach Out Radio on Twitter, uh, just do the hashtag. I don't cheesy fonts. I don't. I don't know what's a good hashtag. We haven't had a good hashtag in a while. Yeah, that was a pretty whack one. I'm sorry. Um, uh, don't ask me. I'm like I the slowest cheesy fonts. I like cheesy room. fonts. Cheesy fonts. Uh, no, good I'm enough. into it. Chant. Chant. C H O N T. It's like Correct. cheese and font combined. Yeah. Cheese. Por- what is that? Fees. A portmanteau. Okay. So chant. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. We'll it's a reggae this. term. All right. So Happy Chant Radio. That's hashtag chant. C H O N T. All right. And here's the first one. It's. I mean, chant down, Bobby Lon. Okay. Sorry. You know, all right. <laughs> I the got first that one. Up. Is this a cheese or a font? Bonchester. Bonchester. B O B O N C H. Are we supposed to answer? Yeah. Yeah. You guys can answer. We're gonna go around the room. I think it's cheese. I think it's cheese. 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 Everybody says cheese? <laughs> cheese. Yeah. Okay, you're correct. Bonchester is a cheese. Okay, cool. Let's do, let's do a few more. And it's delicious. All right, next one is called Ritter. R-I-D-D-E-R. Ooh, cheese or Ritter? Font? Ritter. R-I-D-D-E-R. That's I think that's that, also cheese. That is John's last name. Rest in peace. Hashtag oh. dad jokes. Rest in peace, John Ritter. Uh, Three's Company. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> oh. Three's Company. Poly segment. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they were just friends, massage. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ritter. Cheese or font? Cheese. JB. I think it's cheese. Oh really? It's a font. Cheese. I said font already. JB says font. Okay. Ritter is a cheese. JB's wrong. Too bad, JB. All right. Um, uh, damn it. This one. It looks like pyramid, but it ends in e, so pyramide. I don't know. P y r a m i d e. Totally that's a font. It's a, a housing font. project outside of Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a font. Cool font. Totally yeah, that's, a font. that's a font. That's a font. That is a cheese. Whoa! A cheese. What does it look like? Pyramide. Wait. 
So it's P Y R. Said it wrong. If you said it different, I would have got it. Again, at BTR Radio hashtag Chaunt C H O N T. This is the last hashtag you ever picked. <laughs> um, so the next one, uh, Mascares, M-A-S-C-A-R-E-S, Mascares. Is this a cheese or a font? Ma- um, Mascares. Sounds like I think a font. Makeup. Yeah, it sounds oh. like mascaras. Cheese. It's not a mascara. <laughs> you guys are close. Mascarpone. Are you Googling? No. no. I was Googling the first, the previous one. You were Googling. I, didn't like, I don't like this one. All right. That, that, one, that one's a cheese. Okay. Yeah. You're right. It's cheese. Here we go. I like this one. So everything has been a cheese. This is no, just a no, trick game. They no. <laughs> uh, Manslim. M-A-N-S-L-E-M. Cheese. Font. Font. Manslim. Because they probably also have man bold. I don't know. <laughs> Manslim. <laughs> Slim. Man, S-L-E-M. Man slim. Oh. Man slim. Man slim. Slim. Man slim. Man slim. You went in, yo. Uh, cheese. Font. I want font. I'm just going to keep guessing font now until we guessing get one. Font. Okay. We've done too many cheeses. Man slim is a font. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Man slim is a font. Dude. Right. It's wrong. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, cheese or font? Baladi, B A L A D I, Baladi. Is this a cheese or a font? Cheese. Baladis. It sounds. I was. It sounds like an exercise. <laughs> cheese. Baladi, 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 This is. Gr- I mean, this is great because it could be either or. Because <laughs> fonts and cheeses are all named after people or towns. Are they? Yeah. I don't the think. Per- is there a town called Bladi or a person named Bladi? Who are you yeah. thinking of? Or comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> Usually the person who made the font. Who are you thinking of? Damn, man. Bloody. Cheese, yo. Font. I'm going to go with font. font. I'm going to go with font today. Yes, Bloody, true. we're going with font? Okay. Yeah, let's do font for that. Bloody is a cheese. Yeah. Damn. What the what? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. What kind of cheese is it? Did you have it? Was it on your sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Taste it. How's it? It's delicious. This one might be. Right, you like this, it? This one is. <laughs> you got Ritz bits? Badoni. You like it, don't you? This Gamba- it's a similar. lamb smell cheese. Yo, did you say Badoni? Badoni. His first name is Gambatista. It's a font. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. let's see. Absolutely. You're right. Uh, but don't use a font. Okay. Oh, uh, this one. Oh, okay. Definitely. I can't pronounce this one. I want to skip it. cheese. I'm going to skip this one because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> okay. Uh, postel. Yeah. P-O-S-T-E-L. Postel. P-O-S-T-E-L. Oh, I feel like... Postel. I feel fonty. That's a font. <laughs> P-O-S-T-E-L. Postel. Yeah. Arthur, I'm going to go with whatever says on this one. Font. Off Arthur Fontarelli. Pastel is a cheese. Oh, that's right. It is. Now you know. You are all right, we're doing two I'm more researching of these. all these cheeses <laughs> you right. like, as you say them. You're like updating like, your what? Amazon shopping list. What? Yeah. <laughs> are we going to tweet it? Does anybody even know we're on the radio? <laughs> oh, we're gonna, oh, I know. You know, the FBI knows we're on the oh, radio. We were, we're talking about Bilotti. too much terrorism. I guarantee oh, oh, they're God. listening. <laughs> yeah. people, are, people are tweeting. People are tweeting. <laughs> all right, you're good. Um, all right, so uh, cheese or font? Farnaz. F-A-R-N-A-Z. Cheese. And people are like, I'm yelling at the computer. <laughs> Farnaz. <laughs> font. Farnaz. How do you spell it? F A R N A Z. That's a that's a font. Cheese. You sound really confident with that. Let's see what this is. Farnaz is a font. Uh-huh. Drew is wrong. Did you not even know the answer? I don't know the answers. I'm I'm, I'm answering as. Oh, by the way, for those wondering, I, I was going to say this at the end, but uh, just go to cheeseorfont.com and you can play this. this. Is you can play this. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> there are there are about 350 of these. <laughs> we're gonna do every one tonight. No, this is a real thing. Right, we're gonna do. All right, all right, one, one more. Uh, oh, actually, two more because this one is weird. Farmer. Is this a cheese or a font? Farmer. Cheese. That's a font. 
font cheese 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 oh wow cheese font okay font let's see farmer is a cheese farmer cheese I I was gonna I would have got font with that and the last one Rubens R U B E N S Rubens is this a font or a cheese font and I know I like Rubens both I think yeah I think maybe a font I'm gonna go with cheese I'm not saying anything for this one both for font both I wish no I should have added one that was both Rubens is a cheese damn oh well Play some, play some clapping music or something. I don't even know. Bro, I lost my clap sound effect. I don't know where it went. Clap. I'm you sorry. Got the, are you fucking lying? Clap. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop fucking lying. Haven't heard that. All right. Ooh. There you go. Um, let's talk about remixes since... Uh, yeah, yeah let's. Let's, let's, let's. Um, and, and after this, we'll, we'll actually go, we'll go into the first block of music and we'll speak. That makes sense. Cool. I'll, play some, I'll play some remixes. Some, some cool of my favorite remixes. joints of all time. Yep. So we asked uh, people online earlier this week and, well, and four people voted thank you now we did um, we asked some people what some of their favorite oh can somebody bring this up my, my phone's acting weird um, the poll uh, we asked some people what their favorite uh, uh, let's see if I can find it was uh, it on your your page or what was yeah, it yeah I, I think it was it out. it's on the uh, Beach Out Radio Takeover event page on Facebook Beach Out Radio Live Takeover search here Search Facebook. Here it is. Okay, cool. So we asked them uh, what some of their favorite uh, remixes were, and here are some of the some of the choices. Um, we had uh, the Benjamins remix with Puff Daddy with uh, Biggie, Lil Kim, Locks. Yeah. 112's Only You remix with Biggie and Mace. Now mm. you were saying this didn't count as a hip hop song because it was an R and B song with rap on it, but that, that makes it a hip hop song. It was like, I mean, to me, that's clearly a hip hop track. The well, it said hip hop remixes, so yeah. I was just thinking a hip hop song oh, that got remixed. Oh. oh, damn it. I was I was being super literal. Well, My you bad. can do it. You can play whatever you I'm want. I'm gonna play a couple of reggae joints too. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way. Um, De-, De La Soul's uh, Buddy Remix with uh, Tribe Called Quest. Mm, that's Chandler a hot Brothers, one. Unbelievable. Love, yeah. um, Mariah Carey Fantasy, uh, Mob Deep Shook Ones Part Two. Yes. Uh, LL Cool J I Shot You Remix. One of my favorites. Oh uh, with, snap! With uh, Keith Murray Prodigy Fat Joe. Um, Craig Max Flavin Year. That's yep, a classic. That's a good one. Yeah. I need to check that one off. Wait. Um, that's well, a good one. Biggie was on that. Um, yep. Who else was on that? I don't even remember. Um, um, Busta, right? Is Busta on that joint? I don't remember. Uh, yes. Times. Yes. Oh, here. So this listed right here. Notorious B.I.G., Rampage, Diddy. Oh, Rampage. Diddy, That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, LL yeah, Cool okay. J and Busta Rhymes. Um, one I really liked was Big Pun's uh, Still Not a Player. That was like a remix to just That's a Don't Want to Be a Player. Yeah, yeah. that's a classic. That's like, you, I've heard that played at multiple different types of events, and people yeah. still get down to that. Yep. So, people uh, love that joint. That. Um, this one came in third, uh, uh, the Fuji's Fuji La, the yep. Refugee Camp remix, classic. Um, Talib Kweli, this came in second. Talib Kweli's Get By remix with Mostef, Jay-Z, Kanye West 50 Cent this is one of my favorite remixes of all time Kanye West drops the illest yeah. verse and definitely bodies this and has the best verse on that track I didn't even know this existed you didn't Me either oh, you, you got, did it? you know yeah, what I like I gotta get it now I don't you have it I, like? I gotta get it I like the get, I get money remix 50 Cent with Diddy oh, and Jay Z yeah, yeah. yeah the billion dollar remix Man. so I could get by you definitely you know, to get that get by there's remix. an outside chance yeah, that you're that. a Kanye fan though but, well, he, no, <laughs> his verse was crazy he said I'm like a Michelangelo painted a portrait to Maya Angelou and gave it to a sick poet as an antidote. If music is the, if music gets you choked up, this is the tree and a rope. That is the hardest like four bars. Damn, ever. dude, consequence <laughs> is so dope. 
Consequences <laughs> 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 not right there. <laughs> Yo, skills, man. And then um, the number one, the, the one that won was uh, MOP's uh, Any Up Annie remix. Up, yeah. And I can't even argue with that. Buster Rhymes, Remy Ma. That gets everyone hyped. Like, geriatric patients hear that and just like start boogieing. I mean, that's that's a that's a classic. And there was that video going around, that viral video mm-hmm. of the father listening to Hilarious. To up yeah. with his son like he driving his car out of the car. He just starts Dude. like snapping yeah. every his books and cereal going flying everywhere. Um, I, I had a couple. Yeah, you added some. I don't see I them. I did. I don't your, know where they are. But yeah, I don't know. They get deleted. I don't see them. No, no. They, I just put them in the comments. Um, the, the 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 songs that I chose were because they were more known than the original. Okay. Oh, but here they we were remixed. Sh- shut them down. Oh, you got one. Yeah, shut them down. So shut them down. Might be best of all P-Rock, time. Pete Rock. Pete Rock. Pete Rock. Yeah. It was way more known than, than the, the original. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, Ace, uh, what I, what is that? Scenario, other? Aerosmith, walk Scenari- this way. Yeah, walk this way. Run DMC. Mm-hmm. Um, the original was just run, was just Aerosmith. Oh, okay. Um, so that one became, you know, that was very, very popular. Um, Scenario remix was fantastic. I don't know if it was yes. better. I think they were both yes. great tracks. Yeah. Um, yep. yep. But the DOS effects, mm-hmm. uh, they want effects. The original was just all right, but the one that we know, I didn't realize that was the remix. That was the remix. Oh yeah. snap! I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, and then. Um, and then I also threw in um, Mona Lisa because the original was just blah. Yeah. And then the one that we all know, Mona Lisa, can I have a date on Friday? Friday? Yeah, that's the remix, the Nappy Heads remix. Here's another one that everybody knows the remix. Right. Black Moon, I Got You Open. Oh, Crush right. You by Little Kid. Yep. Oh, someone's playing, rec- is this a request? No, no, she's, <coughs> she's contributing to the company. Oh, you can, jo- oh yeah, What did you, somebody just hit you up and what they say? I Crush on You by Lil' Kim yeah. and Lil' Cease. Was that, uh, yeah. Lil' Cease, was yes. that a remix? That was the original, remix? because yeah. the original was just Little Cease. Yes, she said yeah. the, I, I yes. confirmed. Much better. The original did not have Lil' Kim on it. Oh, yes. Yes, that. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought that was the In only fact, one. I got yelled at at a party because I played uh, the one with just little C's. <laughs> and it was G-O-M. <laughs> oh. And it was G-O-M. And then the girls, like, two, and like two of the girls came over and they're like, yo, where's little Kim at? What the fuck? <laughs> Don't fuck you. Oh, it was an accident, though. I wasn't like doing just it. Like if you play, so, uh, good call. Just like if you play, just like if you play, oh crap! What's that mob deep? Quiet storm. You got to play the one with little little Kim. Kim. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, start it with that. What? <laughs> oh shoot, man. I like that. I was so we're going into remixes. That was a good. That was a good. Yo, were there any other on Facebook, Twitter? Nobody said anything. Oh, a lot of people were just putting them on that poll. Some of those that I read off, people had like added to the poll. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like we should talk about remixes because I don't know everything. I, sometimes I think the remix is. Yeah, hey, why not? Yeah, you know, like I feel like the remix. I don't do a lot of them, but growing up, I was always more hyped for the remix yeah. than the original. And um, you put uh, "Shut Them Down" on the, the older version, but there was like, remember the Onyx "Shut Them Down" uh, remix that had like DMX on it? Oh yeah. Oh damn. That was my shit. Right. Right. Well, all right. It had. It had. It had. DMX didn't have um big pun on it too. Yeah, it was it was like every yeah it was one yeah. of those. Yo, that was so crazy. All right, let's have a real conversation about remixes then. All right, Puffy invented the that, remix. Wow. What? That's what he says. That's so. ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's really talk about this remix because what happens today when someone puts out a remix? It's the exact same song with maybe another artist or two or three or four. Yeah, right? yeah. Now back in the days, what a remix was is actually changing the music in yeah, some yeah, way, right, yeah. which maybe is what they're doing. With that the PPSW beat. remix you know, challenge, yeah. Anyway, oh, continue. So there's levels to it. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to say, like, what has really happened to the remix in hip hop? Because uh-huh. who's really making, you know, these 
you know, these pop artists are putting Lil Wayne on their song and calling it a remix, but it sounds the same except yeah, yeah. there's there's Lil yeah, Wayne. I don't mind it, when know, they when they redo the whole song and instead of one rapper on it, they put like four or five MCs. Like I like shit like that, like a cipher okay, remix. Okay. Like like a song blows up and then a bunch of people just want to get on it, and next thing you know, there's like you know there's a remix out there. I don't I don't mind that. I like that. Um, I know Khaled does that sometimes. DJ Khaled does that sometimes. Um, they did like that when the Maybach music stuff was going around. Rick Ross would drop a shitty song and then everyone would redo it and it was a dope song after that. Oh, you mean like freestyles over, over yeah, like, a beat but, but or like something? Every, no, like a, uh, an official remix would come out. Oh, so okay. like somebody yeah, would yeah, drop yeah, a yeah. mediocre song and then a bunch of artists would pick it up and then they'd, they'd record an official remix yeah. just, that just had Drake and Wayne and everybody. You know, like I like I like collaborative posse cuts in yep, general yep, and yep. I don't think that happens a lot in hip-hop anymore like it used to. What, there used to be more rap groups than there were no, individual I, I think rappers. It, I think it, that happens. I think that happens. I think what doesn't happen is you don't get the new beat. You don't yeah, get don't, that other oh, producer yeah, that yeah. working on it. You know? And that's, I mean, that, that is what we're accustomed to. I mean, shoot, a mixtape was actually used to, it actually used to be a tape. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. things just change. Shoot that. You know, that's all. Speaking of which, the new, have, oh, go ahead. No. I have another song coming in from a friend, Dead Wrong with Biggie and Eminem. Is that a oh, remix? That, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that was yeah. like, uh, yeah, that was posthumous, posthumous, but after, uh, that was on Biggie's like, Biggie duets. Duet, yeah, 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 okay. They like just read, essentially they just added uh, Eminem in there. Okay. But he, he killed that. I'm not familiar. You're, you would know. The weak the strong. You got, you got it going, going on. on. Oh. You did. You did wrong. You're dead wrong. The seven now. different <laughs> levels of devil <laughs> worshiping. You remember now? Yeah, yeah. No, that was, no, that was a good remix. Um, I, like I was saying, I, I, I didn't know that was a remix. Well, well, Biggie was dead. So <laughs> Biggie duets. Oh, was it? Anything that came out after oh, Biggie died right. is a remix. Just assume. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, I don't know. If, uh, see, I don't know if I'm there with you on that. I think it's just a, a posthumous release. Oh, but that that was a previously released verse verses from Biggie though. Yeah. Um, you don't count that as a remix? Eh, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, oh, why had he? Was that? Yeah, that was, was that, that. Those vocals were out on other on, on what track. song? I don't know. I might have still been dead wrong. It was just another track because I know those verses were. Like next week, posse cuts. Okay. Posse oh, there you go. That's the there, you go. there you go. So that's what I'm saying. I much prefer like posse cut group rap, but we kind of have gotten away from that. The the era of like Def Squad and even before that. I mean, and the, ATG it, and well, no, no, but like seriously, <laughs> mainstream. <laughs> when you look at like mainstream hip hop, the breakup show was official. The breakup show was on point, yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like you Run DMC and like all these all these groups um, used to kind of run it. Wu Tang. Everything and then it yep. just kind of shifted and became more like a personal, you know, personal thing. And everyone would just kind of pick their favorite person out the group, and that would just be the front man, you know. Right, like right. Nelly wouldn't have kind came out with the Saint Lunatics, but he came out as Nelly, and he couldn't even get the Saint Lunatics on after he got famous, you know, because I don't know what what happened, but it was just like a shift, and suddenly it was all about the, the individual artist and not the group. I don't know. Do you have? You I'm sure there's some that? kind of psychological basis to that. I guarantee it's it in terms branding. of pop music. It's yeah. all branding yeah. and corporate decision making. Yep. Yada yep. yada yep. yada. It's just not cool now. It's not popular. Eventually, it probably will research. I think they tried it with the ASAP Ferg thing, Mabob. Dip. Yeah, I, I'm Lamets. sure. And I'm sure there's studies out there that probably say something like people are more likely to buy a record if if it's uh, by a, a good-looking solo artist. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's individualistic I mean? and not communal. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah I guarantee. That I guarantee there's like uh, meetings where the like record execs will meet with like a group of people who sold a bunch of records, and they'll be like, "Which one of you is going to be the front man?" You know, like now you're the star. You yeah, because right. all those people have clicks. Soldier Boy, um, all those people that, like come out and blow up. They have clicks that they 
Yeah. Who's Buster? Yeah, right. Who's the star? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which one of you is Buster Rhymes? Yeah. Oh, but le- oh, yo, but here we go. So here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. <laughs> so what's so what's so what's the scenario? Hey, yo, Bo knows this. Bo knows that. Bo can't rap. Bo no jack. You were saying? I can't even remember what. Oh yeah, yeah. So here we go. Boy bands. We just had the boy band, uh, old English boy band. The last week, last time we met or whatever. I missed that. Boy bands are a group of people that, you know, and people tend to, like, people decide which one of the boy bands, which member of the boy bands they like the best, you know? So this is a scenario where it's totally different from, like, hip-hop music or hip-hop groups, you know? So why can boy bands do it, but hip-hop groups can't do it. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I don't know if it's because they're they're singing and they're more, like, harmonizing and MCs are, like, speaking of singing... Yeah, right. <laughs> what? What's up with Drake, though? We're, no, forget it. Go ahead. Keep going. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. Um, yeah, okay. I guess uh, speaking of singing, uh, Alicia, you mentioned uh, one of the many hats that you wear is uh, is, is a musician. And uh, do you do do you do? Have you done any official remixes? I've seen you do songs Remix. that Taina has done that I didn't know. You know, and you would just jump on stage and kind of recreate. It was like a whole new song, and I would consider that like a live type of remix. You know, because I'm used to hearing the one version. Because uh, I've seen Taina perform several times, but I've only seen you guys rock once or twice, and it's it's a whole different vibe to the song. Would you count that as a remix? And have you done like a Official remixes? Um, well, as you guys were having this conversation, I am big on words specifically, mm-hmm. and I've been Googling what's the difference between remix, remake, cover, oh. and when it comes to like Edition? music, music law and intellectual property, and like who gets who gets credit for what. Um, there's differences and all that. I think what no, what I did with Taina, I don't think that I wouldn't consider that a remix. I would consider that. Um, well, for all intents and purposes, it might sim- at this at this point in time just might be like a feature, like featuring Alicia. But I didn't do a solo thing, so it wasn't really featuring me. I was backing, I was backing her up, which okay. essentially I used to perform with Tyena's band regularly, and I was her secondary vocalist full time. Okay, so. I had like these high powerhouse harmonies mm-hmm. over all the tracks, so that's what we used to do together. So okay. it was it might have been new for you to see for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, so Tahina was doing the remix without you <laughs> all this time. I don't know. I think it, no. I think it started without me, and then it and then she put her own harmonies on the album, and then I came in and was able to do it live. And then I moved to Boston, and she had Tanya come in, and Tanya was really killing it with her vocals. And now Tahina, I think has an awesome like array of people to choose from if somebody's in town and yeah. I'm like hey I'm gonna be there can I sing on one of the songs and that's been fun and we've I've been able to jump in and sing harmonies with her one time they performed in Boston and I was able to just jump in last minute on a few songs which I, was cool I don't believe you can sing prove it <laughs> okay and then one of okay so one of my favorite covers that I've ever done is um Keep on rocking in the free world, which is Keep on rocking yeah. In the free world. Thank you. So <laughs> it's a Neil Young song, and my mother loves Neil Young, and I grew up hearing that in the house. And uh, Neil Young, for anybody who doesn't know, is a highly politicized rock rock and roll singer from, and he got really really popular in the '60s and '70s, and he's written a lot of anti-war songs, and his song. Um, Rockin' in the Free World is a political commentary on... It's a social political commentary. So there's a verse about... 
folks in the Middle East burning the American flag and believing that Americans were uh, infiltrating their land by occupying it, which of course is still happening today, decades later. Right. There's a verse about uh, a young woman who disposes of her her baby because she had to keep her pregnancy a secret. And um, then there's there was another verse about uh, the the presidential administration at the time. Um, taking taking some liberties around just some some bogus legislation mm-hmm. and I did a remix of that song because I like to write around social justice things and that's why Tyne and I got along so well mm-hmm. and that's probably my favorite it, because my cover sounded so different I would consider it a remix so the song itself is um, rock and roll like mm-hmm. and then mine was much slower and it became more of an R&B feel mm-hmm. so that to me it was more of a remix you're gonna hum a few bars or? We, sure, we, sure, sure. I can. Bars. <laughs> Let's lose that background music. Like All right. That. Let me just look up the lyrics so I don't get nervous on air and forget okay, the words. So this is uh, Alicia Ortiz's version of Rockin' in the Free World by Neil Young. Be on B-Shot Radio. It's a B-Shot Radio exclusive. Very exciting. Okay. <clears throat> and... You need a countdown. Three, two... two. There's colors on the streets Red, white, and blue People shuffling their feet People sleeping in their shoes But there's a warning sign On the road ahead There's a lot of people saying We'd be better off dead I don't feel like Satan But I am to them So I try to forget Any way I can Keep on rocking In the free world <laughs> I awesome. found the applause. Awesome. Yay. Yo, that was so dope. Wait, one more time. <laughs> I was going to keep going with the chorus. Oh, my bad, my bad. You cut her okay. off. You cut her off. Oh, he, he does that. Pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, but that was awesome. Uh, keep on rocking in the free world. Boom, doom. I was more singing the bass line. Oh. Keep on rocking in the free world keep on rocking in the free world keep on rocking in the free world second verse you want to hear the second verse yes keep going do it oh you're lucky you told me I almost hit the uh, Nate premature (laughs) man that's what I'm talking about you guys (laughs) I see a woman (laughs) in the night with a baby in her hand under an old street light near a garbage can Now she's put the kid away And she's gone to get a hit She hates her life And what she's done to it 
That's one more kid that'll never go to school, never get to fall in love, never get to be cool. Keep on rocking in the free world. 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 Keep rocking, keep rocking, keep rocking, keep rocking. Can I hit it now? Press it now. Now? Now? Ow! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) That was was beautiful. I mean, that's such a... Yeah, you took it in a completely different direction than I was even expecting, even after you you said that. Um, Wow. Beautiful. Yeah, do you um, you still... Do you perform solo now or... Well, I, the reason I moved to Boston was to go to school. So I'm at Berklee College of Music right now, and I've been really working on honing some of my skills that I felt I was lacking in previously, such as my piano abilities, my harmonic like listening and whatnot, um, technolo- technological abilities, like mm-hmm. using a digital digital audio work workstations like mm-hmm. Logic and Ableton and things like that. So my I've only been writing my own music for a few years. So developing those skills to, to allow me to do that and express myself around these um, these important social issues has been something I've been developing. So I haven't been performing solo yet, but I uh, plan to be in the next few months, and especially this spring as the semester's coming up. I'm doing a lot more work in those digital programs that I can support myself solo on stage. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. By the way, a lot of people are chiming in on Twitter saying, you sound awesome. Sing, Alicia, sing. <laughs> Thank <Alicia>. you. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, I'm checking in. This beautiful spirit is singing to me through the airwaves right now, though. I see birds flying and, you know, people, people, are, people are checking you out. They people like, are rocking. Thank, Thank you guys. Are you going to be up here on uh, January 15th by any chance for Tanya's show? I wasn't exactly planning on it, but there's not necessarily a reason I can't be here for... You know, transportation pending. I know yeah. that that's a big weekend. That yeah, it, it, it is. But since you already just said you're going to be here, definitely. Then, uh, <laughs> January fifteenth is at eight p.m. Uh, this is Tennessee Silly uh, La Banda Rebelde. Uh, oh, one more time, say that. I can't really. All right, I'll do it do, for you. Yeah, come please. on, I did it right. Tainina Asili La Banda Rebelde. Rebelde. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, perfect, Masai. Perfect. <laughs> I, I try to just run through it fast so that I, I, I like mumble it. So it's the Martin Luther King Day Social Justice Musical Celebration. Uh, Tainina is going to be there with the whole band, obviously. Um, uh, DJ Truemaster, uh, Amani, and me. Uh, I'm going to be there. And that's January 15th. Do you need any remixes live? <laughs> yeah, actually, well, that, that, that that's I we guess the segue we're going to do. Um, live remixes? I ju- can join Just you. a reminder, this is going to be at the Sanctuary for Independent Media um, in Troy. Uh, that's on 6th Avenue and January 15th, 8 p.m. So, uh, Taina asked Amani and I to do the show, and we were, we were actually working on uh, an, an 
a new song uh, but we she really wanted to do a remix to her song Freedom because she has a video coming out I for saw it. it it's phenomenal the video yeah the video's uh, amazing and um, she you know she had pitched that uh, idea to us and a few of us kind of like hashed out some more ideas and then uh, they went and filmed it and it just came out beautiful and that'll be coming out later this month um, but because we're doing the show on the 15th uh, we thought it'd be cool to do a remix to the song to, to the same song that the video's coming out for and this is a Beach Shot Radio exclusive it's called Freedom it's uh, I, I'm on it this is basically uh, the type of remix that uh, Nate doesn't like because essentially we kind of just took the original yeah. song we rearranged it a little bit um, I added a, a pretty long verse uh, in the middle of it then uh, I shot it off to JB he mixed and mastered it uh, for me and this this all got done in the last like two days um, and uh, hopefully you guys will like it and if you don't like it, it doesn't really matter because it's not coming out anywhere else so if you want to hear it again you'll have to come to the show on the 15th or, or listen to the podcast and cut it out I think that's no possible. we take the music I the think podcast. for this for that show you should ask Taina to do a really really kick ass remix she actually just texted me reminded me of how awesome this was uh-huh. when I was still in the band we did a remix of a Rage Against the Machine song <gasps> Giddy oh, Radio it was so good really? it was so 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 good and I would love to, in, in honor of remixes and if I come to the show I would love to see you'll that happen you already again. said you'll be there alright cool yeah. that sounds good you wanna come to Boston and pick me up uh, yeah sure I'm let's go I got exactly new balance anyway <laughs> oh and real quick you mentioned uh, Neil Young earlier you reminded me uh, you know the song Heart of Gold yeah I On my very first album This was like a decade ago Or something I redid Somebody made a beat Where they sampled Neil Young's Heart of Gold And mm-hmm. I did a song Called Listen to Me So anyone that gives a shit About that There's like a song out there You can google Neil Young Messiah And my thing comes up But that's, that's so weird Because it's like right It's like a country song And I was like Oh I'm gonna write a song About rap on a country song So uh, that happened So anyway Shout out to Dan Music Good music or bad music There's only two kinds Yeah right That's true uh-huh. <laughs> It's uh, good music <laughs> So uh, we're gonna go into A block of remixes And I guess we're gonna Start off with this uh, This track Free Freedom. This is Taina Asili y la banda rebelde. Nailed it. Featuring right. Masai. And uh, yeah, so check that out. Nate, you can feel free to scratch it up. Drew said he wanted to scratch it up and do some dirty work to it. So you can do that too. And then we're going to play some more remixes. We'll be back in 15 minutes uh, or so with uh, Alicia Ortiz, JB, True, Nate, and myself. Keep it locked. That's Beach Radio. Please and thank you. Yeah. Magic words. What do we want? Nothing. 
399. Free to try and stop me, I'll press rewind and I'll do it all again and draw up a peace sign. Uh, yeah, what you trying to tell me? Land of the free, except when they try to jail me. I can't breathe like Eric, they trying to kill me. Pipeline, school to prison, they all fail me. Damn, this what we deal with on the daily. Cops killed Dante, now we meeting the family. Took Marquis from home when he was barely 16, much too young for solitary. Uh, don't get me started on commissary, nah. Don't get me started on black pain. Most of the people locked behind bars got no good reason to be in change. It's like, whoa, ain't we did this before? First with slavery, then with Jim Crow. It's funny how the chariot never could swing, though. Low enough to get my people and carry them all home, I know. Right? Something we don't like, and something gotta give, cause somebody whole life is hanging on the fears of cops and cold nights. And the lawyers and the judge and jury is so white. And then they ask why my people is so hype. They hate when we don't act scared and polite. But if we gonna live in a world with no rights, then it's really no choice to choose. We just fight like BeatShopMusic.com backslash freedom to RSVP to that show. Once again, it's January 15th. All right, keep it locked at BeatShop Radio. I loved it. Definition of Fuck it, y'all already know I stack heavy dough Sell out every show It'll never die We live And we gon' stay big Time till it's time to see big Get a grip, bad boy Never slip We running strips While y'all running lips Haters wanna stop my loot They don't want me wearing Sean John They want me wearing Lord suits PG increase the heat In your streets Keep your tapes on rewind CDs on repeat My mental more older Jewelry more colder Got a lot like it's 97 all over You know what I came to do Change the rules Even when I stand still I'm making moves I paid my dues As soon as I stepped in P. Diddy A.K.A. News at 11 
station of a TV station. We look around, here go the sound of a record ball, boom and pound. When I shut them down, I shut them down. Shut them down. Shut them down. I shut them down. Shut them down. Shut them down. I 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 shut them down. Here in 1992, we present the fabulous What's the Scenario remix. Whereas there are seven MCs, six which are in physical form, one which is in spiritual essence, and he goes by the name of the. Shit. I like buckshots, hood, madman, I rip up stages Lay down in your waist, it sound wild like Larry Davis Extra, extra, pick up a clip, I tear ass out the frame huh? And grab my dick, oh. I'm a rap, I'm like a robot kid I drop bombs, I'm rugged and deadly, so I shit on a petty I'm baseball bad, I'm bastard, I'm bad news I'm crazy and clever, cut those of crews I'm deaf on a phono, my skills are polo You say, oh no, you bitch Electrified, I'm prime time, I slaughter slime I'm the greatest of all times Sick ass brother, nasty ass nigga Pump slugs in your face, you jump an ass in the river Two cans in a bucket, fucking kick the can Say what, say what, I'm a bad, bad man One, 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 one DJ Doc, you know he's down with us Fine ain't down with us. Kenny Parker is down with us. Mr. Magic ain't down with us. Public Enemy is down with us. But MC Poet ain't down with us. B-Boy Records you just can't trust. Making funky music is a must. I'm number one. 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 Again. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin I won't ever slack up, punk, you better back up Try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up Get up, stand up, come on, throw your hands up If you got the feeling, jump up, touch the ceiling Monks, let's a funk flow, someone's fucking junk Yeah, I'll bust them in the eye, and then I'll take the punks home Feeling funky, amps in the trunk And I got more rhymes than this cops that are dunking Donut shop, sure enough, I got props From the kids on the hill, plus my mom and my pops I came to get down, I came to get down So get down to your seat and jump around Jump From Bismarck Key, dedicated to the radio, now he is she. Because it's time for them to get recognized. This is my version of the Nobel Peace Prize. That's why I'm coming out, my face like this. Far as negativity, you never get this. But whether for you, nobody would know. That's why this is some for the radio. Woman, 
gotta let this one breathe, just Just let it breathe for a second. Yup, Hobie's home. Newest addition to the rap. MOP. The blueprint two is on its way. I know y'all hear my footsteps out there. Coming. Let's go get him, just Get him, just For this industry lockdown, we still told hammers that gon' knock out. Run up if you wanna. Believe me, all these hammers with they on us. Fuck you, see ya. How you with blue hammers in the coma and your family now on. Look, 70 pounds gone. A little fuck stood up with a hospital gown on. We holding it down. Wish we fell fast just to get over. We drown with slippery cell tactics. Shippity frail bastards. Contract me to the floor, nigga. What the fuck you recording for, nigga? Do your game ain't changed. Just got harder. Plus, we sponsored by Lays, Dame Dash, and Mr. F. Scott Carter, Brownfield. Yeah. We stomp through this bitch all day. Rock for the most it ain't hard to tell. It ain't hard to tell. I excel, then prevail. The mic is contacted, I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death, breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke, a Buddha through righteous steps, deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond, sneak a Uzi on the Allen. And my army jacket lining, hit the earth like a comet. Invasion, Nazis like the Afrocentric Asian. Half man, half amazing. Cause in my physical, I can't express through song Delete stress like trend Then extend strong I drink my wet with Medusa Give a shotguns in hell From the split that I'm lifting in hell It ain't hard to tell Do, da, 
Dippity. Come on. So now I dwell just to say you're plain on. Pull your cup, cause I got the container. Come on. Pass a plate up. Cross the fader. Come on. Black sheep get played like the Sony Innovator. Never the traitor. Party of flakes. Come on. And you can get a scoop later. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. I think you can get with this, cause this is kind of Man, oh man, you had us in here dancing, man. What? <laughs> what? I had fun with that. Check, check. Oh, we're back. That was amazing. Yeah, we are. <laughs> wow. Yeah, everybody's out of breath. We're all sweating. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, Nitty Great. I was doing a Mark uh, in my living room. <laughs> a lot of people just left the Nitty Gritty Slam, which was uh, happening simultaneously. Uh, we're at the Low Beat, right? Uh, Correct. Yeah, Avenue. Low Beat. Yep. Um, so for those of you just tuning in, don't forget, we have a podcast. You can go to iTunes on Android, uh, any uh, podcast player. Just search for Beach Out Radio um, and subscribe. You can even rate us. We've been getting a lot of ratings uh, lately. So, uh, yeah. So if you missed the first half, don't worry. Uh, you can you can catch it later. Uh, speaking of shows, uh, we had a show last Friday. Friday. This uh, was first, the first, first Friday, of the year. yeah, first of the year. Um, that was uh, right here in the Hinkle Brewery in in Albany. It was first Friday. It was a charity uh, fundraiser event for the uh, v- families that lost their homes on Park Avenue. Yep. Um, do, let's do. You want to do a little quick recap of that? Maybe some thank yous. To sure. It was I mean, awesome. It was. It was a great event. Um, what'd you, yeah. What do you think? You envisioned it. And well, the ha- yeah. the landlord actually came up to me and he goes hey I want to start doing events here at the at the brewery there's uh-huh. you know there's some really cool spaces here um, and you know I had been entertaining the idea shout out to um, Nicole Let's Rock hot cousin she's also one of the tenants who lives in the building she has a band um, so he's come to us a n- on a number of times about doing something here and Dan came up to me. Shout out to Dan Hogan, aka Han Dogan, who's a accomplished artist, and you know he works with youth in the art capacity. So him and I just kind of brainstormed. It was like, yo, let's just do an art show. We'll utilize the first two spaces in the Hinkle Brewery. We use the front lobby, which is kind of like where our mailboxes are, mm-hmm. and then the next hall on onward. Um, so we hit up a couple of artists. You know, some folks were were into the idea, and given what happened up the block. Um, um, the the fire, uh, you know, sixteen families lost their homes. Uh, you know, you guys had just got finished putting out a couple of singles to raise money. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was just another opportunity to start the year off. Let's do this art show, kind of take you know, take this energy that the landlord had in, you know envisioned and turn it into something that I was familiar with, which was first Friday art show events in the capital district. Right. So and that 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 was like the you know kind of like the catalyst of it all and. And we had, uh, you know, an outcry of support. You know, I also thought it was a great idea to introduce Amani as being the first poet that's part of Beat Shot. Um, You know, (laughs) so I thought it would be a good idea to introduce her. um, Have you guys do your songs that you, you know, you know, you do when the smoke clears. You guys do um, Me and the Devil that um, that you had together, and then also have Amani do a couple of her pieces. as far as the artists that uh, participated, we have Han Dogan who helped me curate and help, um, you know, put the artwork up and kind of like, just basically 
create the show, create the look of the show. Um, shout out to Jamel Mosley and, and JB, aka Dirty Moses, who were instrumental in actually setting, helping us set up the show. Mm. You know, as far as like lighting and moving pieces around and whatnot. Um, shout out to Dan Killian out in um, Troy, um, who has the company Weathered Wood, which is directly across the street from uh, Lucas Confectionery. So dope. If you haven't had an opportunity to check out his shop, he has a store. Um, I think it's on Second Street. Um, yeah. In any event, he um, he did two art pieces. So and then we had a ton of people just come throughout the day. I think somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy-five to one hundred people came yeah. throughout the event, which was from three o'clock to seven. seven p.m. And we ended it early because you know there were neighbors there, and we don't want to go too late. We had music, we had performances. Yeah. We had, there was people some light wanted food. A party. It was like seven o'clock, and people wanted to stay party. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it went really well. We raised three hundred thirty dollars, still being matched, which I donated the next day. We raised three hundred thirty bucks, and that's still being matched um, by SefQ. Uh, oh, so so six hundred, yeah. So six hundred sixty bucks from which, that which, event. Which, by the way, from the song that we put out, we raised about three hundred thirty dollars too. Yeah. So, so we were like all a thousand total. It's like the almost seven hundred dollars, and they're doubling that at SefQ. So yeah, right. So that's freaking awesome. Just Beautiful. that little when the smoke clears campaign, just a little gra- glass grassroots yep. community organizing, and we were able to raise a, a pretty substantial amount of money for people right in our, you know, right on this block. Actually. Hey, is it um too late to throw some money at that still? Nope. Nope. Sefcu- okay. And I checked. I got another $20 <laughs> like, in my pocket there. Yeah. Sefcu is still taking donations and, and you, you checked they're still matching them, right? They're still matching. They're still matching. I said, so, are you guys still matching? Are you still doing this? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, yes. I was like, are you still matching? And they were like, absolutely. Yep. I was like, fantastic. Here. Take take this and and they were they were about it. So um we are going to continue to do these events. When we may not do them every first Friday. We are looking at March fourth for the next one, mm. and we are also looking to do this one a little bit later. Shift the hours from maybe five to ten, but we're going to do it in the space that's just below where we did the last one. This way we can go a little bit later and not disturb any of our neighbors. But the landlord is definitely encouraging us to use the space. Um so and there are great walls down there to continue um, these art shows and and the Capital District kind of misses them they were popular for a while and you know I was a big fan of them so I'd like to resurrect them cool uh, Alicia you were you were there right oh yeah it was it a was, great time yeah it was cool right mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's an odd show it's three to seven there's like you know it's it's artistic it's it's still somewhat daylighty out it's it was kind of a di- there's no bar truck bar so, yeah. <laughs> truck, well, <laughs> truck bar truck bar was in effect uh, but what yeah, uh, yeah, would you think yeah. overall Did you, you, you enjoyed yourself you said those are kind of my favorite events like just you people kind of mill in mill out and I'm not a huge drinker anyway. I made a beeline straight to the cheese platter, frankly. Mm. And nice. Was, cheese yeah, of France. Crackers, you know. Chance. Chance. As always, DJ Truemaster was spinning, so I was really excited about that. This is the first time that I got to hear Amani perform and really get to feel her energy a lot, which was really awesome. Mm. I, I enjoy her work and I enjoy her energy. And it, it's only, I feel like I've only seen you perform live a handful of times as well, Messiah. And mm-hmm. so that was, it was just a pleasure like it was a good crowd and everybody who was there I think tends to support each other in the community always so it it felt it felt really close-knit folks who care about each other and care about the community nice and intimate and everything Mm -hmm. everybody was close together it was was good man I enjoyed it definitely I had fun Um, yeah you're right I really don't perform that much more especially in Albany like I feel like at some point every artist up here kind of maxes out and you're just like get kind of bored of doing the same clubs over and over again but Mm -hmm. I like doing different venues 
now he performs in Prague. Yeah. Oh my. No, but it was it was fun, and I like doing these shows where it's like something that's like important to me or close to me. Lately, I haven't sure. even been writing songs. Like I haven't just really been sitting down to just write what, songs about whatever my day and stuff. I've, every all the songs I've been doing lately have been about you know activism or community stuff, just because it's like those are the songs that just fall out of me, you know. So mm. those the couple songs that we did at the, at the show were just recent things that had you know happened in the community that I had to write a song about basically so I could feel better about it or something yeah. you know? it's like how it's part of the way I cope with it so uh, I'm glad uh, you kind of enjoyed that and and Amani always she's always impressive I mean you just hand her a mic and magic happens every time yep. uh, I never get sick of it so um, shout out to Amani I know she just did the nitty gritty slam she was uh, slam poetry which is which is a lot different than what happened at the art show and she had mentioned to me that the slam poetry is so like fast paced boom 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 that you don't really get a chance to like set up your poetry beforehand with like mm. a little like pro, uh, prologue or epilogue or whatever a prologue and uh, she said she really liked that at the at the first Friday because she was able to connect yeah because she could say this poem is about this and this is why right. I wrote it and here it goes you know uh, yeah. and, and she really liked being able to preface it and uh, I think it, it adds a, a, an additional element to it and uh, and it makes it more for me and it makes and that's it more curating. personal more you know intimate. it fit yeah. the space yes. you know what she would, what she did as a performer fit what was happening on the walls you know Absolutely. what I mean where you know you can make a connection to um, to the people to you know the art the purpose of the art and having the show was to raise money to you know what I mean everything was connected yep. you know and that that was important she was able to do that and I think she mentioned too just the nature of slams tend to be you know competitive yep. the, the very nature yeah. is to win mm-hmm. and that sounds like something she really enjoys too but there's also an element to most artists that you want to connect with your audience you want to connect with your community it's about it's about human connection absolutely absolutely and uh, she'll be performing again for those who may have missed that one uh, we mentioned earlier that uh, Taina Asili La Banda Rebelde is having a Martin Luther King Day social justice music celebration January 15th um, Amani's performing I'll be performing True will be there as well uh, we played the song a remix for freedom and uh, a few people asked if we'd spin it again yeah. so we'll play it at the end of the show yes. um, and we threw the lyrics up on Twitter and Facebook too if you guys uh, want to check that out so definitely if you're in the area that's going to be at the Sanctuary for Independent Media January 15th 8pm uh, yeah. oh and, and we set up a little beachatmusic.com backslash freedom if you go there you can just RSVP it's just, it's just a link to the Facebook page so you can <laughs> RSVP to the show Haha. <laughs> what? Because That's awesome. What? All right. Uh, so I got shout outs, man. Let's do I, got, I got like 150 There's people. There's a lot of people what? on the check in right and now. And I got shows. I got shows. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Tanisha. Shout out to Dan Hogan or Han Dogan. Joe Fella. Ariella, Merck, Angelica Clark, who got all the cheese or fonts wrong. Every single uh, one. All of them? Every single one. Wow. Every single one. Wah, wah, Angelica, wah. you're still brilliant. You were second guessing yeah, yourself. I still bet. You, knew it, you knew it in your gut. <laughs> Shout out to Scout and her new puppy, Matt Murray, always on hey. the check in. Al, Amani, Robert Eden, Eaton, sorry, Jody, Kane, Shiara. Rouge. Oh, before you go to the next group, people, Shira had a really good hashtag we should have used for the cheeser font thing. It was called hashtag font do. Like font. Oh, font do. that would have yeah. been that would have been amazing. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I, just, I am I, so I, sorry, we, we everybody. Fucking ball yeah, that I'm one. so sorry. I won't do it right again. There, so. I won't. I won't. <laughs> uh, shout out to Grand Street Community Arts. Woo, they yes. uh, hit us up. Yes, nice. definitely. They're always on the check-in too. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, they, we got to give them a lot of love. Uh, did Did I say Ariello? No, not yet. Well, well, Ariella, uh, and let's move on to the next group, uh, Sierra and all the people in Baltimore, yes. Vanessa Bryant, Dom, Mike, aka the Village of Love. Mika. Just, oh, Miko. 
Oh, did it correct? It you put Mike. It autocorrected. Miko, <laughs> a.k.a. The Village of Love. <laughs> Justin Miles, Valentino, Sherry, a.k.a. Martian. <laughs> did she see the movie, The Martian? Probably. Hashtag dad jokes. Russ, J-Rage, <laughs> Seth, and Alicia's mom. Alicia's mom. Alicia's, that was yeah. me. Alicia's mom, Christina in Latham. That'd be Christine. Besides, <laughs> you just messed up everything. Hey, mom. Correct. Hey, mom. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mom. <laughs> sorry about that. Hey, do you hate when people call you Alicia? Ah, uh, yeah, I can't stand it. Do you get it though? I mean, it's spelled. I mean, no, um, it's it's actually Alicia. What I what I get is that when I tell people they repeat it wrong, like three seconds later, that drives me nuts. Oh, after. Okay. Yeah, so it's. If somebody if it's written mm-hmm. and nobody has ever heard it before, mm-hmm. I don't mind. I correct them. It's okay. Um, if they, love if they make correct you, if they make uh, <laughs> if, they, if they make no effort, if they make zero effort to like learn it uh-huh. moving forward, that drives me nuts. See, this I've always wondered about this because my name gets butchered all the time. People have a hard time with it, and I just stop caring at some point. And maybe I should care more. But like, why people, Messiah? People, yeah, yeah, people call me anything that starts with M. I'm like, whatever. I just Massey? Stop. it happens Massey? so much that. I just I'm just not phased by it anymore. But I know people who really, you know, they take it really, really personally. I'm just I just think whatever. I can't. Be yeah, I'm, I, don't, I just everybody. think the pronunciation of someone's name is important, it is important and it's yeah. a show of respect and it's a show. I, I can imagine if if my name was more unusual uh-huh. and it was mispronounced, I might have a similar like. Yeah. Everybody's just always going to get that wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's folks just defaulting on like, well, that's what I thought it was. Well, no, that's not actually what it is. Yeah. That's not actually what it is. I'm so glad my name is John Brown. <laughs> so yeah. simple. If you get that wrong, he was. If you get that wrong, there's something wrong with your life. <laughs> Quit. True. And I do have a good friend whose name is Alicia, and she also doesn't like when people call her Alicia. And oh, really? we've had her a funny story that I tell all of us, her and her husband, all of us went to college together, and we were in the gospel choir together. We used to have uh, like day trips, and his mom would cook everybody food. And one time we had this big cookout, and everybody piled up back into the van to go back to campus. And my friend Lee uh, came back and said, now I know all of you aren't in this van without take home food. Get out of this van. Go get a plate. Take it home. And everyone was like, really, though? Really? It's so late. It's so late. And he started calling everybody out by name. Like, if your name is John, get out of the car. If your name is True, get out of the car. One by one by one. Pretty soon it was just me and Alicia left. Uh-huh. And we were like, what are you going to say, Lee? What are you, you going to say? <laughs> and he paused. He paused for a minute. And he looked to the side. And then he decided... If your name is spelled A-L-I-C-I-A, get out of this van right now. And it was a classic, yeah. Shout out the skills on the check-in, too. He uh, just informed me that he wore his Beat Shot hoodie. Hey, stop that phone. He wore his Beat Shot hoodie on Channel 6 News today. He was uh-huh, being interviewed. That's what's up. What was he being interviewed for? I don't know. I'm clicking on it Arson. now. I'm trying to... Wait. He just ruined our rep. <laughs> interview. <laughs> All right, listen uh-huh. up. So tomorrow, the Times Union is going to interview me. Uh, I don't know why. Something yeah. Something Think about DJing and music and fun, cool stuff. But the next day, they're going to come and do photography. So if anybody's around and they want to, like, dance and be in photos and make Aww. my party look cool. Wait, what night is it's this? It's going to be Thursday night, but it's at Cantina in Saratoga. It's from 8 to 11. That's when I'll be okay. uh, DJing. So mm. if anybody can make it up there, it's two-for-one burrito night. Um, yes. It's a, it's a cool environment. Um, nice, fun, like... Uh, everybody's just really cool over there and nice, and the food's good. I know it's a hike, 
but it doesn't go all night. It's eight again. It's eight to eleven. So come on up and be in photos. So the burritos, you buy one and they give you another they burrito. They give you another one all night long. Uh, yeah, uh, nice. Vigo, yeah. shout out to Vigo. Vigo is awesome. Cantina, that's Cantina. Saratoga Saturday what? Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday, oh, Thursday night. Oh. Saturday night, I'll be DJing for the Albany All Stars, the Roller Derby. Oh, Roller Ooh. Derby. Yeah. I've yet to make it to a derby. Five to seven, so that's happening. And then we've got Taina's show on the fifteenth. Wow, it's a busy week. All right, yeah. Cool. And then seventeenth uh, to um, Sunday scratch session. All right, we're gonna we're gonna yes. tweet out. Yes. Seventy-five <laughs> percent possibility. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. It's looking good for us. It looks favorable. Session. I'm looking at my. I'm shaking my little whatever you <laughs> call it. Your, your magic eight ball. Magic yeah. eight ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're gonna tweet out those shows and uh, obviously follow us on uh, on Facebook and uh, we'll keep you abreast of those situations. Speaking yeah, of abreast, shows on our website. Speaking of abreast, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about sex. Um, yes. Uh, all right. So we're, we're here with uh, uh, Alicia Ortiz. Um, did I, just, did I say it wrong? I feel like I tried to say it too hard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you tried. Ortiz. <laughs> and um, and uh, we, we decided earlier that she's a sexpert. Uh, she, tre- she she teaches uh, people about uh, sexual health and sex positivity, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and healthy relationships in general. And uh, we had a couple sex-related topics, and one is STD-related. Wait, I have... I have um, Already you have a question. No, I don't have a question. <laughs> I but have that premature a clapping. Theme that's song. a problem. Wait, I have a theme song. I salt, salt and pepper. Uh, no, actually. TikTok, yeah. Oh. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, sex you up. Sex you up, okay. Wait, we gotta let it rock. I know, we gotta wait for them to say it. You know what I was thinking? Ooh, why the fuck you lying? There's a remix for you. Remix. All right, all right. Sorry. Please continue. <laughs> Let's talk about sex would have been more appropriate. However, yeah, you're right. That's you're right. But that's, yo, that's too like, easy. Yeah, too easy. Too easy. Too okay. easy. Fine. All right. So recently, um, what is, is Sheen? Charlie Sheen um, uh, announced his uh, his status on uh, on I think it was Good Morning America. Uh, his HIV uh, status, and it kind of started restarted the conversation about AIDS that feels like it's kind of dwindled in the past uh, years uh, as uh, uh, AIDS became. I don't know, less visible or became became more treated, um, and suddenly people were talking about it again. And we wanted to do this topic a few weeks ago, but we got sidetracked. And I figured this would be a good time to uh, bring it back up since you're here and you uh, teach people about these things. And uh, you had a few uh, comments you wanted to make uh, pertaining to who could donate blood because there was uh, there's been this ban- there had been a ban for a long time on I guess gay men being allowed to donate blood because they apparently had higher rates of uh, HIV and AIDS. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And are they they're get, they're doing away with this now? Is that what's going mm, on? Or, or sort of. Okay. Um, I just pulled up some information just so I could refresh my my own memory on the details exactly. Uh, it's actually beyond simply gay men. It's specifically men who have sex with men, whether right. your identity happens to be gay or bisexual or straight. If you've if you've had sex with men ever in your life, you could you could be barred from giving blood. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. I answer that question every single time I give blood. They always ask in that question. Mm. Sorry for interrupting. You don't have to say how you answer it that if that's private. For oh, you. no, I, I wasn't going to. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so the that has obviously been controversial for a long time, and it's existed since the late 70s. And... 
uh, a lot of activists have believed that it's always been a homophobic policy. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a lot of other groups of people who are impacted by HIV AIDS and not to mention HIV is transmitted through other means besides sexual activity. So it's it's transmitted through um, intravenous drug use. It can be transmitted through uh, an infected mother's breast milk. It can be transmitted um, in... Any 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 exchange of blood, if you know if you were help if you had a cut and you were helping someone who was bleeding and your blood touched theirs, it could be transmitted that yeah. way. So, I did, oh really? I didn't think it could be translate transferred that way. Yeah, yeah. That's why um, that's why you're always advised to put on gloves if you're ever handling somebody else's blood All right. or bodily fluids. Um, and and then of course there comes to bodily fluids as well. So if you have if you do have open cuts on your hands or something and you're coming into contact with somebody else's bodily fluids, their sexual excretions, and any, any of those kinds of capacities, you want to be safe. Um, so for that, for that reason, singling out men who have sex with men specifically mm-hmm. really can only be based in a homophobic right. legislation. Yeah. And that's partly why the president in, in the 80s, Ronald Reagan, wouldn't ever say the word AIDS. He wouldn't talk about it on TV he, because it was viewed as a gay disease. He called it that, though. He called he, it the gay disease. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So it, there's, there's no... There's no surprise that those are the folks who get stigmatized when it comes to giving blood. And now in this day and age, there's so many there's so many testings that the blood goes through before any before it even touches anybody else or goes into their body. And that's because of a young boy, Ryan White. Does anybody know that story in uh, the 80s? No, I want to hear it though. Young young white boy, um, I think he was younger younger than a teenager and he needed a blood transfusion uh, affluent neighborhood white and he was he contracted HIV through a blood transfusion and that's how it was discovered oh. that, that that that's how you you could wow. contract it that way so there's a documentary about it um, I watched it I think in junior high even and that's really what woke the world up to the fact that this is not a gay disease and one would have thought that the ban um, on men who have sex with men giving blood would have lifted at that point but now there was just uh, some information that came out this year just during the summer um, that men who have sex with men can give blood if they've been abstinent for a year mm-hmm. so that's still that's still quite restrictive especially when you consider the number of people who want to give blood who might even be in monogamous relationships who are having protected sex right. who for all intents and purposes are in very low risk categories mm-hmm. you know have already been tested already know their status not to mention again the blood is tested rigorously on its own so it, it the, the fact remains that it's it is a homophobic policy in and of itself. Do, um, do you think? And I, I got to play devil's advocate on this one because early, early, you want the voice? Early do you want on, the voice? No, no, that's not white devil's advocate. <laughs> just, just regular devil's advocate. Um, early on, before we we've gotten much better at testing and uh, t- STD testing in general. I remember getting tested in high school versus getting tested now. It's like completely different. They just like tell you, you know, they pretty much can tell you w- within an hour, like if you got everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember back in the day, it was totally different, and um, testing wasn't as accurate, and there were many more false positives um i think what they were their rationale they were saying was that because rates of uh aids are, were so much higher among that population even though there were all these other ways that it could spread because it was so much higher among that population to cut down on the number of false po- positive identifications from don- donated blood they could cut down on the number of uh infections through uh blood transfusions by 
leaving out that population. Um, there was a, a study done uh, even as re- recently as 2010 where 72% of the new cases of AIDS were gay men, gay and bisexual men. And they're, I, what they're saying is that because the rates are so high in these populations that the, like discriminating against them was really just because it was like a numbers game. They're statistically would be more likely to have HIV or AIDS. Mm-hmm. So now that that you know that they can test so much better now, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to just lift that because we we can test it, it's thoroughly tested and the number of false positives has dropped drastically with the uh, improvements in testing. Do you yeah, think you can this, know almost immediately too? But you know? do you think in the in the seventies or 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 eighties there was no like it made no sense at all to to leave out a population that had uh, such a higher increased rate of uh, HIV and AIDS or was it just totally just to discriminate? I feel... I think simply because something is done out of fear doesn't necessarily mean that it's invalid. If someone says, I'm, well, I only did this because I was scared and I, I didn't understand what was happening in your population. I didn't understand. The fact that the entire nation was refusing to address this epidemic um, and the fact that people already were scared of gay folks and gay people and didn't understand and, and didn't understand that it was easy to push it to the side and frankly it's one can also say if the government had been paying more attention to this epidemic that gay populations wouldn't, wouldn't have, have had. been affected the so, way they were yes. yeah so it it's it's ends up being a cause and effect question there so who were the, were the rates so high because there was no information about what was actually happening and how folks could protect themselves? Um, or were, as you said, were the precautions valid because the rates, the rates of transmission were so high? And I'm definitely in the camp of it was it was completely negligent on the part of the U.S. government to not pay attention to this epidemic and not get any information out to these populations about how they could be pre-protecting themselves and decreasing Mm. their own um, transmissions there. Cool. Um, I feel like I was fortunate because uh, when I was growing up in the 90s, my my mother was a a nurse and uh, my my aunt contracted HIV and we were kids and at the time we, you know, everyone was like scared, terrified of like HIV, AIDS. We were watching videos in school that were like scaring the shit out of us. You know, a lot of misinformation looking back, mm-hmm. um, but we were able to learn like firsthand what's going on, and, and we had simple questions like, "Can we hug our aunt?" You know, stuff like yeah. that. And um, uh, there were times when, uh, during that time, where my uh, my aunt got extremely sick, and then she would get better, and she would get sick. And I remember we would sometimes we'd be in the hospital and be like thinking that this was it, like she was going to pass away. And she would always joke like, "No, I'm going to outlive all you guys," like as like a joke, or whatever. <laughs> and um, now she's like really thriving, like she's doing well. I think she may actually outlive all. Of <laughs> and uh, it's it, like to see her now, like the way that her medicine, the, the, the it was almost like she was testing stuff out back in the '90s. Now she's on this like incredible, uh, you know, it, it, she lives a completely uh, healthy lifestyle, and she's expected to have a, a full lifespan and everything. Um, and I just wanted to touch on ways, the ways that in the last 25 years or so, uh, AIDS has changed. It's gone from being a death sentence to now the CDC um, and the different health organizations no longer consider a death sentence. People have their full lifespan ahead of them if. 
even if if you catch it early on, you can have your completely uh, full lifespan. Um, so, is there any uh, when you when you're teaching classes, do you ever get do people still ask questions like all the time about this or how to protect themselves or? Um. Well, actually, what what I I tend to talk a lot about the more non-traditional ways of protection, and that comes to things that folks don't generally think about. T- folks tend to typically think about condoms. Um, there's not as much talk about a female condom, which is worn inside of uh, the vaginal canal, and it's not should not be used with in conjunction with a male condom because the friction will cancel each other out, and you have breaking, and that's just not good for anybody. So, and I'll, I'll also talk about wearing gloves if you're using if you're engaging in any kind of hand sex again because you might have open cuts on your hand that you're not aware of, or you know it's it also makes for easy cleanup, or you know putting putting condoms on toys. A lot of people don't think to do that. So I tend to do um, I tend to do sex ed with folks who already know a little bit about the basics of, of protection or contraceptions and there's there's so many different kinds of contraceptions out there and um, I I end up speaking much more on the healthy relationship side of things when it comes to communicating about the kinds of protection that you want to use okay. with a sex partner um, and how important that can be. Um, we're we're going to touch on that in a second, like the relationship part of it. Um, I'm trying to find a stat. I read a scary stat about how how many how few people were even using condoms. Like it's like uh, I can't find it right now, but it's 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 really not the number of people that we where we'd want it to be. And you're talking about people using two condoms, and it's like we don't we have a yeah. large where the portion of population that just aren't using any, any protection. Condoms. Yeah. Um, there's also uh-huh. sorry to cut you off. No, that last question. There there's also a high percentage of senior citizens who are contracting STDs mm-hmm. um, as well. And that's... No way. Yeah. Is it because they can't get pregnant? No. It's Well, a lot of people neglect seniors' sexual health to begin with. Uh-huh. Seniors are considered to be uh, dead in that area, which is just not true. Not true at all. And... <laughs> wait, wait. Why are you saying that? <laughs> no. <'cause> Personal <laughs> experience over there. Because I'm a senior. Because I'm a senior. I yeah. I'm, I'm and old. So there's just, there's just no discussion about it uh-huh. or seniors are not viewed as sexual beings which is just ridiculous we're sexual beings from the moment we're born that's just innate as part of being yeah. human and in most capacities Hi, um, Hi. that's innate I get it I get it <laughs> hey hey, hey did you that. have a hashtag dad jokes going on over there? Dad there, dad we go. Dad there we go so um yeah, it's it's not discussed, and then so there's there's this whole population of people who are now dating at a higher at a at an older age when the generation before them was just with one partner for most of oh, their okay. life, uh. you know. So it's like a, a group that didn't get educated to begin with, mm-hmm. and right. then uh, you know divorce is becoming more common, common, or just dating at an older age is becoming more common. But there's no talk about uh-huh. hey, protect yourself when you're having sex as well. Well, pe- pl- right, people are living longer and with these STDs, and mm-hmm. now we also have like different uh, you know like Viagra and different things that can help people have sex exactly. even longer uh, the National Institute on Aging recently said that almost 50% of people living with HIV AIDS are over the age of 50 because people are living so much wow. longer mm-hmm. so yeah it's definitely uh, that's why this segment is called uh, AIDS of Grey because people are just living older and older with and more STDs and, and HIV and AIDS specifically Nate and I, well I just touched, I touched on it earlier like you know is it because they can't get pregnant but I, I there was definitely some truth to, to that at least in my mind because like you know at our age we're um, using condoms um, 
I, I hate to say primarily during this discussion, but I think a large part of why we use condoms is t- to not get somebody pregnant. It's, uh-huh. you know, I think sometimes AIDS um, or the thought of catching a venereal, a, a venereal disease. Do people say STD, that anymore? Yeah. STD. Um, um, maybe secondary for some people. So mm-hmm. when you get to the age where, you know, you're past the menstrual, menstrual cycle and pregnancy is no longer I never an thought issue. I'd hear you say all these words. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable. Like when you're saying it, it's fine, but he's just like <laughs> past the menstrual cycle. Yeah, yeah right. That's <laughs> right. It's so hard. I'm just I saying, am too. I don't know what to. I'm do. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's so so. There's, but you don't have to worry about that piece anymore. So now, if you're not thinking about venereal disease. <laughs> Um, and you don't, you know, you don't have to think of, yeah, <laughs> like clap. gonorrhea or, the drip. Sy- or syphilis, the burn. Anyway, yeah, my, you, you see, you I hear what you're saying. Point? I hear what you're saying. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I no, you're, you're right. But that's, that's part of the issue. That's, that's part okay, of the okay. issue that there's still such a big stigma about talking about sex with the person you're having sex with or people you're having sex with. And there's such a stigma about it. So people forget, Hey, I'm allowed to discuss how and when I want to protect myself. I'm allowed to assert that I want my partner to wear protection. I'm allowed to right. decide that I don't want to go past a certain um, a certain type of sexual activity because I'm not I'm not ready for these risks yet. And so people people are engaging in uh, risky behavior without necessarily assessing the risks with the mm. person or people that they're doing it with. And you have so you so you have this older population potentially in I think it's it's totally valid what you're saying Nate that people are like well hey I don't get pregnant caution to the wind right but there's there's a portion of education that needs to happen of well there's this other aspect of your health that you should probably consider mm. um, but if you if you don't want to consider it there's a lot of treatments there's a lot of things but you should be tested you should know it's responsible it, part of being a responsible sexually active person is knowing your status and being able to share that with partners and then we have younger people and the the notion of hookup culture which has been popular in in the last decade i don't know if i was a part of that i didn't i don't, I don't think that that was like a term when oh, i was younger yeah. and um <laughs> and thank you true yeah <laughs> and that that culture really focuses on pregnancy as well so you have young young teenagers or preteens even engaging in anal sex or oral sex because well i won't get pregnant but there's no there's no consideration of stds frankly beyond that too there's no notion of pleasure a lot of times particularly for young girls who are like i'm gonna perform oral sex on this boy because i'm supposed to at the end of the date or i'm gonna let him have anal sex with me because i'm supposed to at the end of this date maybe Holy none shit. of this none of these at things the end of dates now i don't know what <laughs> messiah is like i missed yeah. out <laughs> i'm like at the door like do you kiss her do you not kiss her yeah i'm still making baseball <laughs> references <laughs> second base fucking mixtapes <laughs> and shit like, like, <laughs> check yes or no do you want to go to the movie different. Man, no, maybe. It's, it's, like, really it's like 95, 96, so I don't know what's going on now. Yeah. First date. Holy Summer shit. It's really alarming. Tape. It's alarming, and I think what what's more, almost what's more alarming than the fact that young people are contracting STDs at a younger rate and getting pregnant at a younger rate, what's, what's more alarming to me is that they're not being empowered to talk about mm. how and when they want to engage in sexual activity mm-hmm. and how and when they deserve to be treated with respect and dignity and 
have and also have sexual pleasure because right. and and consent issues of consent. I'm snapping. Everyone's snapping please. at home. We're good, good. For you. <laughs> issues of consent also start at a really young age, and it doesn't just include sex. You know, whether or not you want somebody to hug you. Um, I was hanging out with a with a friend of our, all of ours in this room just while I've been home for the holiday, and her three year old daughter. And I was leaving, and I said, "Okay, um, can I give you a kiss goodbye?" And the little girl shook her, shook her head, "No." And immediately, her her mom couldn't see me because she was holding her, and immediately pulled her away and said, "We're trying to uh, respect her boundaries. Please don't kiss her." And I said, "Oh yeah, I wasn't going to." Uh-huh. But a lot of people, even with young kids, it, in in a cultural context or just in a respect your elders kind of yeah, context, yeah. like give your give your friend your I don't know, give your aunt and uncle a hug and a kiss goodbye, or mm-hmm. let that person give you a hug and a kiss goodbye even if you don't want to and we are subtly teaching children that they don't deserve to have bodily autonomy if they say no I don't want to for any reason maybe you know what maybe they're being a brat but I'd rather err on the side of caution and say they said no right now and it doesn't really matter why right. they don't want to and that's okay because as an adult awesome we're teaching them to respect their bodies and respect their boundaries and that's right. that's important because when you're when you're teaching a little girl that her uncle who maybe scared her for some reason or maybe in a lot of families there's abuse sexual abuse that goes on in families and that uncle is there's something happening behind the scenes that maybe the parent isn't even even aware of um but you're you're you have this little girl and you're telling her even though you just said no this man's allowed to touch you anyway Mm -hmm. and how does that translate to when she's on a date later Mm -hmm. and later in life or there's a boy harassing her on the back of the bus which happened to me grabbing you and touching in the back of the bus and telling you oh you're you know you're prude if you don't let me do this and you have all these all these conflicting ideas going on and really it all comes down to personal empowerment and being able to say what you do and do not want to have happen with your body and your emotions and your autonomy and there are boys and men that undergo a whole other different equally difficult sect of um pressures and social norms that they're expected to conform to that can be just as damaging to their psyche and it's it's just really screwed up that we don't we don't teach our kids to do this and then as adults like you said Charlie Sheen comes out about his HIV status and then we have all these adults suddenly reverting back to their child childlike notions and and fears about AIDS like suddenly we didn't all learn yeah, about like this in last, high school the last thing I knew yeah. about AIDS talked about was 10 years ago so let's start the conversation right there a decade ago you know yeah, yeah so no growth at all um, I, I remember when I was growing up we were forced to I was forced to hug grandparents and stuff my one grandfather always reeked of beer and I hated hugging him and it was like hug your fucking grandfather you know like that type yeah. of shit and yeah it would have been nice to have just a consent and all that yeah and there's also and there's also ways yeah there's also (laughs) ways to be polite and still have your boundaries respected and I think that that comes into skills around healthy dating and setting healthy boundaries there's a way there's a way to say no to someone without trampling on their self-esteem mm-hmm. and there's also a way to hear somebody say no without taking it letting personally. it yeah letting it crush you and also not attacking them mm. you know how dare you say no to me how dare you reject me how dare you decide you don't want to be in a relationship with me how dare you mm. and it's it's really damaging and, and there's a lot more ways that we can be respectful of each other's personhood cool 
Um, uh, on this show, we talk a lot about mass incarceration and the impact it has on, on the community and, and uh, which communities are uh, impacted disproportionately. And uh, one uh, last thing I wanted to touch on about the, uh, the HIV AIDS discussion was that in uh, two thirds of the states in the United States, there are laws specific to uh, people who have HIV AIDS. Uh, if they don't disclose their status, they can be criminalized and charged with like, uh, you know, intentionally giving people or spreading, uh, spreading AIDS. So even if they're having consensual sex, like say you have AIDS, you go out and get drunk and you sleep with someone and they say, you know, don't use a condom. Even if they go after you, uh, you know, they're pursuing you and you have sex and they get infected. In two thirds of the states, people can be charged. Um, this recently happened to a college student, college student named Michael Johnson. He got 30 years in prison for having consensual sex. Uh, he hooked he hooked up with some some guy he met on uh, Tinder, a dating app, and they the guy they you know they got drunk, they had sex. Uh, neither one wanted to suggested using condom. The guy the other guy ended up getting HIV. Uh, even though it was consensual and it wasn't malicious, he didn't go out uh, looking for someone to infect him. They charged him and he got 30 years in, uh, in prison. And the guy who infected who he infected was was glad he was actually served as a witness and said that he deserved longer. But uh, the uh, Center for HIV uh, Law and Policy said that um, by treating Johnson's this is a quote uh, treating Johnson's past sex partners as victims puts the government seal of approval on their avoidance of responsibility for personal decisions about their own sex lives. Having unprotected sex is poor judgment, but not uh, a criminal act. Thoughts on that? Um, can you clarify in the in the potential legal ramifications? That's if somebody already knows their status and yeah, he, neglects he knew to his status, it. but he didn't disclose. Um, but the, yeah, so but he didn't like it wasn't I'm, like he he lured, like the other person pursued and yeah. That's what, yeah. I mean, it's it's a really rough situation and it's a, it's a scary world out there. I hate yeah. to be cliche, but if even if you do have a discussion with someone about their status, there's no guarantee they're being truthful with you. Oh, yeah. And there's no guarantee that they know. Even if someone says, oh yeah, 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 I got tested right. six months ago, but the window period, what, what have you, overlaps and yep. maybe they had an interaction when they were drunk that they thought mm-hmm. didn't go as far as it did or whatever, whatever, you know, you're not, you're not aware the virus hasn't shown itself yet. Um, yeah, we all have a responsibility to bring that up, mm-hmm. to ask those questions, and to also treat those conversations as though they're not, you're not personally attacking someone or accusing someone. These are just important conversations that need to be had. Yeah. And, and frankly, if someone, if you bring up that conversation and the other person has an issue with it, I would really reconsider whether or not you want to have sex with them in the first place. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's, but that can be, that can be scary. I really like this person. I really want to I really want us to date or I really want us to, I really want this to happen I don't want to scare them off by talking about something heavy like mm-hmm. AIDS I don't want to scare them off by talking about pregnancy I don't want them to think that I want to get pregnant you know there's all of these all of these ideas and preconceived notions swimming around in our heads that can prevent us from having these conversations but uh, that's that's a really really tricky thing and I tend I, I would tend to agree that it's on everybody's it's everybody's responsibility to protect yourself. Yeah, you, yeah. If you don't protect yourself, nobody will. Right, right. Um, there, uh, there was one other case that you might find a little, a uh, little more interesting. It was uh, Kerry Thomas. This person actually used a condom and had an undetectable viral load, so he wasn't even uh, supposed to be able to transmit HIV, and he didn't. But someone found out that he had HIV after he slept with him. Tw- uh, Twelve years. 
got 12 years in prison for that um, and there's a cool documentary uh, I started watching called HIV is not a crime and they, t- they touch on that case a little bit um, so that's free if anyone wants to check that out HIV is not a crime just google it and uh, it's just like a short film documentary but people are getting charged for this whether or not they're using prote- protection or not mm-hmm. even if they're using protection and not disclosing you can do a lot of time for that it, so you know like, this sounds to me like people blaming other people for their for something that was their own fault mm-hmm. you know I mean regardless yeah it, it's it's a hard topic to talk about but you know it's like people it's the same thing over again people pointing fingers at other people it's your fault that I slept with you and potentially have AIDS or HIV right now you know what I mean just my opinion, yeah. man. I don't. I don't like people finger pointing. I like. I. I respect people take, taking the onus on themselves, mm. and uh, you know, not blaming other people. Cool. You know, absolutely. Um, we, uh, one thing that happened at uh, the first Friday show, uh, just to do a quick uh, deviation into this last topic, um, Amani did a poem about po- uh, polyamory. Am I saying right? Yeah. I, always, I mess it up. Um, and it was. It's one of my favorite pieces of her. It's really profound. And uh, I thought we'd just kind of have. Uh, I hate to. We don't actually have to rush this. Where this will be on the podcast, and we we can do this in like ten or fifteen minutes. But uh, polyamory has kind of been at, at more visible lately. It's uh, it's more talked about now. It seems to be slightly more accepted. Um, uh, I recently read a study saying that uh, a lot of people are that think they're in monogamous relationships aren't. They're actually not monogamous relationships. There was a, a study done recently of married couples that showed that fifty five percent of women and sixty five percent of men uh, say that they had actually you know cheated on their on their spouse at some point in their marriage uh, so whether that's not polyamory but that's still non-monogamy sure. so um, a lot of people are in these relationships not knowing they're involved in a non-monogamous relationship and polyamory is supposed to be the flip side of that where you're uh, well you explain it better you explain it uh, the the difference between uh, like just monogamy and polyamory and why it's kind of come more into the uh, social consciousness yeah I think you were you were really on the right track there um, sure non-monogamy is often defined as simply having sex with multiple people. Mm. Um, there can be consensual non-monogamy and of course non-consensual non-monogamy where maybe one or all people aren't aware that somebody else is having sex with other people. That obviously has ramifications for sexual health and sexual or, or sexual health and health other health risks and mm. medical risks. Um, polyamory is generally a, a step beyond non-monogamy is engaging in romantic relationships with multiple people and maybe there's sex sex involved maybe there isn't but there's some element of uh a committed a committed relationship maybe it's short term maybe it's long term um, polyamory means poly many a more love so being able loving more than one person mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of different forms um, uh, the most the most traditional that you might hear about is someone having a primary partner and maybe having a secondary partner as well sometimes even tertiary partners there's a lot of people who practice polyamory now who really reject what's that system which they refer to as a hierarchy system and believe like all of my partners are equal oh, really? I don't rank somebody above someone else mm-hmm. um, but frankly what's what's important about polyamory and part of the reason why it's getting so much play in the media right now is because of the almost like hyper communication that needs to happen to be able to function in a multi-person romance um, and maybe 
all of the people are, are committed to each other or maybe there's people there's each person has different amounts of partners on going on but the most recent article that I've read was like a, a nod to the types of relationship skills that you're learning from that polyamory is like teaching the rest of the world mm-hmm. and there are so many well-functioning monogamous couples that I know who have like the the best crystal clear communication who know each other respect each other's boundaries and um, are are regularly developing new tools to learn like how to how to interact with each other and support each other in their mm-hmm. life journey and all of that but I think what a lot of what monogamy what Default monogamy I should say Does to a lot of us When we grow up Just thinking This is the way I'm supposed to have A relationship What that does Is robs us From the ability Of being able to Create our own relationships And decide What were you going to say I was going to say Choose Like choose what type Of relationship you want to be And instead you're kind of Pigeonholed into I'm going to find my Soulmate and that's it Live happily ever after Yeah yeah. But even Even if you Even if you have done A lot of soul searching And you've Mm -hmm. decided You know monogamy Is just the way I'm hardwired That's just how I am you still get to decide with your partner what kind of terms you're going to live your lives together. Mm-hmm. Are we going to live together? Are we going to share our finances? Um, what constitutes as violating our our commitment to each other? Is it um, flirting with another person? Is it kissing another person? Is it is it holding hands with a good friend of yours that, that makes me a little uncomfortable? Is you know everybody gets to decide what the terms of a relationship is and what constitutes as violating those terms. Mm-hmm. And now when it comes to polyamory. Since there's more people involved Inevitably There's going to be more people Thinking differently about these things So it requires a lot more communication And that's what I think is Really catching the eye Of uh, more notable media outlets And actually Brazil Just recently uh, had its third civil union of a polyamorous like trio mm-hmm. or a polyamorous family and that's also how I like to think about polyamory there's a lot of people where it's for a lot of people it's not necessarily just about sex of course sex is a, is involved in a, in most adult uh, romantic relationships mm-hmm. and partners life partnerships though not all there's a lot of asexual people in the world who have romantic uh, partnerships and they don't have sex and also people that don't have romantic isn't it? I think it's called aromatic or something like people who don't even have like it's like being asexual but also with the romantic side like you don't even want to have a romantic relationship with people yeah I forget what the term is I thought it was aromatic but I think that might just be like an air freshener <laughs> uh, but it's like people who don't, don't even want to have that romantic connection with someone so yeah. There's, yeah there's like there's just there's just so many ways to exist in the world yeah. and to, to interact with other human beings and the thing oh so the way that I like to think about it too Hold on one second. I got my, I got Nate, my hand Nate up. is raising his hand. I'm raising Taking my notes, hand because I have a question. Over there. <laughs> just, to finish, just to finish my thought on families, because a lot of people um, will raise children together. You know, there might be a polyamorous, a pre-existing polyamorous uh, coupling or grouping and maybe they have kids together or maybe your blended family includes uh partnering together mm-hmm. you know we're all familiar with the with diff, with the concept of blended families where a couple has children and they split up and those those that pair remarries and now this these kids have multiple parents that are raising them a lot of polyamorous families are it's a similar kind of blended family but they're all living together maybe and the and the adults have different kinds of uh, dynamics going on between them in their romantic 
partnership, but they're all helping to raise these children. So in my opinion, um, in in Brazil, this was big news because Brazil was giving these people civil unions. They're not recognized as a legal marriage yet, but it was the do- they all signed a document and it was notarized, which means that they get some of the rights of uh, domestic partnerships because they're all living together. They're commingling finances and they're talking about having children and they want all of their names to be on the birth certificate. Uh-huh. And that's like oh, wow. new new ways. They're the longest names ever. Yeah. <laughs> all well on, on the birth certificate as like as parents. Like the kid oh. doesn't have to have everybody's last name oh. per se. But, but that they're all hyphen le- that Johnson, they're, hyphen Smith, hyphen yeah. oh, Henry, hyphen that they're all legal parents, you know, and that's there's all different kinds of families and why shouldn't we be legally protected as that family unit in yeah. whatever ways that it manifests. Mm-hmm. I like it. No, Nate, you have eighteen questions, I see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Look at this, look at okay. this piece of paper. Question yo. number one. He's got Corey on the other line, like, yo, you gotta hear this. <laughs> this was great. So So here's my question, okay? So we're talking about um, polyamory and we're talking and just uh, maybe a, cu- a couple minutes back you mentioned that there could be an asexual or, or or a sexual nature to these relationships. So here's my question. Is it possible that a nuclear family, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, is polyamorous in that there's love shared between a mother and a son and a mother and a father? I mean, obviously, these aren't romantic relationships, but... Could that is that at all poly, polyamory or is polyamory actually, a term associated with romantic relationships only? Actually, I've heard the comparison of loving all of your children equally mm. used as um, as a way to kind of make a comparison to to the ability to love any number of human beings mm. equally. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will say like. How could you possibly have more than one romantic partner? Don't you love one of them more? Mm. Like, how, how can you have enough love to go around? Which is kind of a, an interesting thing that we have learned to think of romantic love as as having a deficit. Like, I, can, I only have so much love and I can only give it to you. Mm. And because I'm giving it to you, you get certain uh, rights to me and my body that like other people don't have. Mm. And whatever, whatever rules and terms that you set. Um, but someone will say, okay, well... If if I happen to have I don't have children But as an example Hypothetical If I had three children For the most part y- You don't love one of them More than the other Maybe maybe you get along Personality wise differently well, you, you do You just don't say it Sure That's the- sure sure <laughs> I'm trying to get around that one So there's That's my favorite <laughs> You You maybe You maybe favor one But ultimately A parent knows I have more than enough love to go around. Mm. And that's just the way the, and and I usually draw the I draw a line connecting these kinds of romantic relationships and being able to share our love romantically with people and to, extending it to the way we share love with friends, to the way we share love with family and also just the way we share our love in the world. And frankly, a lot of times many of us aren't able to even give a stranger on the street or a stranger next to us on the on the bus any amount of love or treat that mm. person with respect and dignity. And to take it a step further, I often connect that to not really loving ourselves enough. 
I did a workshop Ooh. in Atlanta on masturbation and how, of course, that is there's a stigma around that. And it's a substitute for the real thing. Oh, it's 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 doesn't it's not the people, same. There are people against masturbation. In there Atlanta? are people against. What? No, not in not in Atlanta, just in the world. There are what? people who are like. It, there's a stigma uh, Yeah they act like They never did it They're totally in favor In Atlanta yeah. but, <laughs> but I really consider I really consider and Most most people In the sex positive fields Consider masturbation As a really Important part Of self love mm-hmm. And If you know, if, if you take even if you take masturbation out of the equation, loving ourselves and showing ourselves respect allows us to then carry that out into the world around us. And it's suddenly our love is overflowing as opposed to feeling like I only have so much to give. And, you know, my, my partner will be mad at me if I do X, Y, Z. If I if I meet someone who's interesting and I want to have a conversation with them, I'm you know, my partner's going to be mad and maybe they will be mad. But being able to have a conversation about it is kind of more what polyamory is about. Nice. True. So polygamy um, leaves the man as the focal point, right? That's Yeah, that's related to legal marriage, but that's actually illegal right now. Right. But polygamy versus polyamory would be... The, the multiple women mm-hmm. and but they all are connected to this one man as opposed to them being in other relationships yeah. besides being in one with him yeah and I understand that there's a legal ramification as well that's associated with polygamy that is now illegal but, it, but in Brazil, were you just curious about the differentiation oh, okay. correct okay yep mm-hmm. but in Brazil the, the couples that you would imply they were mixed genders right so it was yeah and this, poly- this particular polygamous well they're not legally married okay they have a civil union polygamy applies or relates to a particular kind of cultural phenomenon as well like a lot of times polygamy exists in in cultural forms where maybe the women aren't necessarily um consenting to the roles that they Mm. are they're relegated to by being this man's wife and he and ends up being a very hierarchical thing and so in in some instances there's there's in there's women who would be perfectly fine doing that but polygamy for that reason is very very different but polyamory where there's a man and two women who are equally loving is that still technically polygamy or no because well, no, it's not marriage no but it was but it's still it's still the same uh, dynamic relationship between you have a man and two women three's company what we were talking about earlier. yeah um, but it's not um, but it's just not as I don't know it's not as uh, well simply having sim- exactly simply yeah. having a gender breakdown that has more women than men isn't polygamy. Isn't polygamy yeah. No, okay. it has that has to do with the the male the male uh, figure at the top and having many wives who are at a lesser class. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm, yeah. Other questions? Other questions? Everyone, yeah. It's awesome. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to... The show was... We're all the sh- aroused Yeah, right the, yeah the sh- no, because the, the show was great and it definitely shed it, you know... I'm, I mean, Amani's piece shed so much light and then today was more... I was going to say, actually, about Amani's piece, I think probably one of the most important lines that stuck out to me about her piece was that she said, my bedroom is not a hostel. It's an honor mm-hmm. for right. you to share my body. And and that's, that's something that is really prominent. That concept is really prominent in the sex positive community as well. That 
when someone shares their emotional vulnerability with you, their body with you, that is something to be thankful and grateful for. And if someone chooses to have more than one partner, we often still will demonize them or slut shame them as has become a tag, a tag word now. Um, but honestly to say, well, Hey, that, that person has the right to do with their body as they choose. And the people who are engaging with them should feel damn well blessed to be a part of it as, as should that person feel reciprocate the whether, equal whether it's monogamous or polyamorous or whatever it's, exactly it's, it's and there. that's exactly exactly and that that is often lacking from not from monogamous relationships but it's lacking from the societal mm-hmm. upbringing that we get about what a normal relationship consists of we're we're just we're just socialized to believe that these norms which aren't even really clear cut to begin with yeah. are just the way it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. and the fact that we aren't taught how to navigate personal interpersonal relationships we're not taught how to navigate um dating and all of these important conversations that come with really just personal autonomy how to how to assert boundaries how to understand what your boundaries are how to understand what you're comfortable with how to then maybe change your mind and have that conversation Mm -hmm. um or how to negotiate you know it, there's there's any number of things that can happen in a relationship that shifts the dynamic. If somebody gets a new job, somebody has to move across the country. Somebody, you know, am I going to go with you? What is that going to mean for our lives? What if this person has to stay home from work now? Mm-hmm. Does that shift the power dynamic? And if you are someone who's more inclined to polyamorous relationships, a lot of those shape-shifting dynamics can come from meeting a new partner that you're interested in. I would like to explore this dynamic that I'm feeling a connection. How do you feel about that? Can we, you know, what what are the terms in which this would make all of us comfortable? And there's a lot of, lot of conversations that end up happening around that. And sometimes people choose, you know, no, I'm not really comfortable with that. Can it happen a little bit later down the road? Or Mm. can I meet that person first? And there's so many different ways that it manifests. Cool. Well, Oh, oh, hand up, hand up, hand up question. (laughs) Show's over, Nate. Uh, Come on. I have an important question. question. All right, go ahead. Okay. So (laughs) you've not just annoying you today, (laughs) (laughs) Masai. You've used a term a couple times tonight and I'd, I'd, I'd like you to explain it if that's okay. Okay. It's called, it's sex positive. Okay. What does that term mean? I, it's a term that I'm just hearing right now. Um, Can we just make them Google it or are you going to tell them? No, nah, let's have okay. part of sex the conversation. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Sex positivity. That is like the radical acceptance of yourself as a sexual being. It also encompasses most often body positivity, frequent, like, open communication about our sexual desires and our sexual health and just our sexual existence on this planet. Mm. Whether we're having sex or not, um, there's still sexual health to be considered and that comes with our relationships, uh, our relationship with other people and our relationships with ourselves. Thank you. Period. Oh, Period. See, that wasn't so bad. That was very I. succinct. Um, yeah, so much to unpack there. Uh, thank you for being here. This was like a real. This was a really interesting, uh, like diverse show, and we've had some really uh, do some doozies, but this one uh, stands out for me. So, uh, thank you. Uh, how can people find you on social media? Like, what is there, or do you not want people finding you anywhere? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. You, you no, have I'm not, just no. I'm not there yet. Even the classes. All right, do you have a, maybe a resource someone could check out that that you use uh, sometimes, like to, for some of your uh, the classes and stuff that you teach for people who want to know more about? I would say if anybody's interested in learning more about polyamory, uh-huh. I would encourage you to look up 
uh, a website called Polyamory in the News, which is a collection of a lot of these uh, new articles that are coming about, and also follow a podcast called Polyamory Weekly that has, it's a podcast like this one, and it has a lot of guests who are big in the sex-positive community in um, subsects of mm. sex-positive community, BDSM and kink communities and stuff like that. Perfect. So I would, that's what I would recommend. Nailed it. Uh, Alicia Ortiz, thank you for joining us. Um, Beach Out Radio podcast. Thank you for everybody listening tonight, all the people on the check-in. Um, don't forget, we got that, sh- that show uh, January 15th, uh, Tina Sealy. Uh, we tweeted out the information. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys. This is Masai signing off. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, this is JB signing off. Uh, make sure y'all come out this Thursday to Cantina in Saratoga. Two for right. one burrito night. Right. Yes, get your burritos. Get your burritos and take pictures with True Master and make him look phenomenal because he's awesome. Word. Word. Thanks, y'all. Neat. And yeah, DJ Nate the Great. You know what it is. All right. Later. You know what it Thanks is. Thanks for having me, everybody. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. DJ True Master, save the whales. Good <laughs> <laughs> night, everybody. Choose, we just fight like me.